Hello, Legionnaires, and welcome to episode 170 of RPG Digest. I am John Max Leoshlo, your favorite. That's right, your favorite, the one and only, the bestest of the bestest, curmudgeon critic and judge. Along with me, as usual, is our combat and arms instructor for the day, Brett Ethan Dogrismer. How are you today, sir? I am well. Hello, everyone. And today you will learn uh, that uh, tentacle attacks aren't exclusively porn. No. They're, but they can be, right? Not, <laughs> okay. not in Call of Cthulhu, no. <laughs> no, they're all bad. They're all bad. Well, let me tell my Japanese wife that tentacles are bad. Yeah. yeah I, I, think, I think she'd agree, really. Oh, would you like to know? <laughs> that got weird real quick. Okay. It, it, it got really weird. So, um, <laughs> hi, everybody. <laughs> So how was your week? It was all right. I mean, uh, we had a great melt off here with the snow. We had like five, six inches of snow and then four days in a row of, of 40 degrees. So there's water everywhere because the ground is too hard to, to absorb it all. It's just everywhere. It's like a marshy hell over here. That's, that's what we've got as well, but not for the same reason. We just had rain for the last four days or whatever it was, flood warnings and so forth. Right. And uh, yeah, and it was like 74, 75 degrees the other day. And I'm like, dude, it is way too hot in January. It should not be 75 degrees in January. Stop this. No, this, is, this is evil stuff. Yeah. How's the car, heathen dog? The car is still damaged. I called the... Uh... I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I called uh, the uh, uh, garage that I'm going to send it to, had to make an appointment, and that's not until Tuesday. So I have to wait till Tuesday to bring my car in. But that's okay, because Monday I'll go grocery shopping and errands and stuff like that to get all that crap out of the way so they can have my car for a few days and everything will be fine. It's drivable? It, oh, definitely drivable, yes. Yeah. All right, well. Says, uh, hi, people. Can't stay long. Just have one very important question for Max. Uh -oh. You never delete streams co correct or correctly. All Friday streams will be available for any lawyer that may need to review them. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, there, there's, one, there's one caveat to that. I'm, I'm not afraid of people that want to say that I said poop words about something. I don't care. Um, uh, the one caveat is a bunch of the uh, call them outdated they're just not relevant anymore of the uh, a lot of the RPG Digest. None of the Friday streams, as far as I'm aware, have gone private or not. Sorry, not private members only, but a lot of the old segment twos, because they're just not relevant anymore, because we are talking about topical things. Usually mm -hmm. uh, those have gone members only. So if you want to sue me, become a member. I don't I don't and, delete stuff. I'm not I'm not afraid of anything that's ever been said. Well, the show doesn't go into the rants and so forth anymore here. We kind of leave that for Friday. I am not afraid of anything that I've said. Bring it on, baby. So uh, and the, the, the really cool thing about it is if you get real butthurt over something that you purposely paid for, you're, you're the ground you stand on has now become sand because you, you wanted this and now you're offended. All right. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> if you if if you go to a punching booth and you pay your money you get punched in the face don't be mad 
Well, L, I don't know anything about that. That's not for here for for RPG Digest. I know that there's some stuff going on behind the scenes. I'm not fully aware what it is, but it has anything to do with Shauner. I'm on Bear's side, so uh, Shauner can get wrecked. At the same time, you know, Shauner's allowed to make reaction videos. I don't care. Um, but if there's anything else going on, I'm not aware of it, so. But, uh, you know, what other people do on their channels, that's their business. I, I get... Uh, cracked on a lot because i refuse to ban people like uh, and your name comes up a lot as a matter of fact and it's not i'm not talking bear i'm just talking in general but i don't do that you know i let chat take care of itself so uh i mean right now i don't know if heathen dog saw it but uh, i put uh, in on our discord you know that the palladium community is going after us again right for what now um uh, let's see let me go over here uh do, 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 do. uh where did I post it? Oh, insanity in the internet. So, all right. So, this is just my copy and paste of what they what they said. Uh, I'm not going to mention who it says, but any YouTube channels uh, that cover riffs that aren't racist pieces of shit. Oh no, I saw that. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that that person goes to say a lot of stuff that I don't think we said. Now, now the whole siding with the co the coalition stuff again. If you can't take a joke, take it. You yeah, know, I mean, if, uh, if you don't understand what we're doing, like hyping it up so much that it's now that that you can now realize it's sarcasm. If you have a you know working brain or yeah. it's parody, then something's wrong with you. Right. My my favorite one, and this is the one that I would say: Look, my videos are out there. Go find where I said this. Go find because I'm sure it was me. Uh, where he said, uh, what is it? Uh, I think the coalition are good guys. Oh, made an hours long video saying Pride Month shouldn't exist. Well, that is probably true. I probably yeah. did say that because Pride, I, I don't like any of the months. I don't like Pride yeah. Month. I don't like, uh, uh, I don't like, like reading month. I don't like, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know, flag Native month. American I month, German know, month. All, all kinds of dumb shit. Yeah. That it's worthless. I mean, things that are that just exist aren't things you have Aren't months special. for yeah yeah, yeah they're, they're not special okay. enough to get a whole month <laughs> yeah I, I i go with the whole bill burr thing you're not brave and 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 wonderful because you're gay <laughs> you just are i mean you just you're just gay yeah. i mean <laughs> um i'm but, sorry but, man that's just it i don't really care it, it, it literally doesn't affect me so <laughs> But but, I, but it's the next try. it's the next comment right after that. So they made hours long videos saying Pride Month shouldn't exist and that gays should be hunted in the street. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know where the hell that came from. Right. <laughs> it's like wow. I mean, um, everyone has a gay cousin or uncle. I mean, come on. I have I have, I, I have uh, well I guess bisexual, but I've had gay and I have bisexual co-hosts on Friday. <laughs> like, like, I'm gonna start hunting you down. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, yeah. So the way things get exaggerated out there, so yeah, people say dumb stuff. Anyway, let's let's get back on topic here. Like, uh, but that that's uh, by the way, that is the Palladium community that uh, that Palladium Books has on its on their website. forum. Their now, to be forum. fair, Kevin and Sean have told me they don't agree with the nonsense when people say that stuff. They want to stay out of it. The Palladium community has been a boon for them. And I get it. If the Palladium community has been a boon for them, then they should promote them. I don't have a problem with that. I just, you know, I, if you start attacking me, you know me, I'm not the silent type. So uh, we're going to have some fun at some point. So anyway. 
Yeah, Morgan Freeman doesn't want Black History Month. There you go. Uh, I'm getting into playing in fantasy, and I've been watching LM videos from for about a year now. They're a big help. Want to say that you're welcome. That's good. Hey, um, check out. Uh, so I just made, and this is actually one of the announcements I want to make. I just made a new. It's not a playlist because it includes playlists, but if you go to the the Legionmouth YouTube channel, the main page where it shows all the videos and so forth, mm -hmm. um, there's a new section in there. If you scroll down, uh, that shows off all of our live plays, let's plays. So the games Heathen Dogs run, uh, the games that he's been in, the games we've been in, uh, and that includes Bears game that everybody is just absolutely raving about, you know, with, with the caveat of one person, whatever. Uh, you know, it's getting a lot of rave reviews on that. You can check that out. You can even see uh, all the nonsense that happened in the Pathfinder 2 game I was in. <laughs> so, uh, and why there are stories about that. But yeah, so you can check those out. Uh, we've got some live plays up there. And, People have said that these are they're some of the best live places that they've ever seen. So I believe it because I can actually handle watching them. And I hate watching live. <laughs> he hates that. He hates it. So. Anyway. All right. Um, oh, the only other comment that I've got is I just want to remind folks, if you didn't see the, the Discord message or you didn't see the YouTube community post, that there is the, the new giveaway is up. Uh, the Here Have Max's Crap giveaway. It includes um, Dungeon World and an extra book with that uh paranoia red clearance edition the the first mongoose one that has uh woke nonsense in it and star wars revised and i think it's like seven books have all hardcover uh books in all of that so if you want to check that out you can look one. what's that i want that one yeah you're not eligible to win sorry Son bitch. i know you my wife your wife uh not eligible to win uh Anyway, um, yeah, so you can check that on the YouTube community post. Links are there to each one, and uh, uh, yeah, sign up for it, and I'm going to do the giveaway for that this Friday on the SRRS, some a rando RPG live stream. So that's it. That's all I actually have for, yep, new video section for actual plays, the giveaway, and for whatever reason, we talked about those nonsense people saying nonsense things, so I'm done. Well, our only segments today are going to be Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition, combat we're going to do we're going to do regular combat we're going to do weapons firearms we're going to do armor we're going and then at the end we're going to do wounds and healing because after combat what happens you get hurt and you want to heal okay how's that work we're going to find out there's also a section on poison it's like one page so i'm, I'm not going to give it its own you know place it's just poison does this and that's pretty much it so be ready for that at the very end. Oh, yeah, this is poison. It does that. Okay. Moving yeah, normally on. I'd say I don't agree with that for these read-throughs and deep dives, but really, if you only have, if you have a full page just to say, roll this die and this is the effect, yeah, I guess yeah. I can see that. Yeah, the, the it, it, it has like three quarters of a page of text and then a, a uh, table of poisons, what they do, how much damage they do, how long they last, and that's it. And now, this one long segment is we broken up into like three themes, all right? Yes. Yeah, yes. okay. Good combat weapons and armor. <laughs> you know, crafting game. You're right. I didn't say that, but I'm sure that there are COPPA laws that prevent him from entering some sort of. Yeah, like, if maybe if he was 13. Yeah, if he was 13, that that's really the the uh, the starting point for legal online children nonsense. So he's not that yet. So damn it. <laughs> 
I want to thank all you wonderful people who support us monetarily. Your gracious donations help us provide giveaways, produce more content, and generally give back to Legion with community as a whole. That's right. On Friday, was it Malachi won uh, the giveaway on Friday? So uh, as many of you know, and I mentioned just a moment ago, we have a fairly big giveaway going on right now called the Here Have Max's Crap Giveaway, as well as some gift cards for our international viewers. We also have giveaways on the Friday night stream for our member Super Chatters, Rumble Ranters, and Heathen Dog Tested. Apparently, text will come through, but not Rumble Rants. That is really weird. Like, here, have somebody's normal text that you can read, but Rumble Rants, yeah, we're not going to let the API grab that. That Doesn't that seem backward? Yeah. But uh, anywho, it's, uh, it's your support of us and the community that allows these giveaways to happen. And as always, whether it's me or somebody else, Rumble gives 100% to its creators. So your $5 Super Chat or Rumble Rant is $5 for the creator. Uh, your you know, $10, $100, whatever they happen to be, membership over there, it's all that goes to the creator. So uh, consider that when uh, YouTube takes 30% and Twitch takes 55 or 60 or whatever the hell it is percent now. So plus taxes, jerks. I got to do that. I got to do that really soon. I still haven't done Legion of Taxes yet. I got, yep, I got to do that. Anyway, check the description below for links to the various Legion of sites, social media, Discord, merch, etc. And let's get Heathen Dog set up. And let get me set up because I'm going to be fidgeting on stuff on the side. I'm not even going to be paying attention to Heathen Dog. He's going to be talking. He's going to say, hey, Max, did you, what, what, what? What would you say now? my story no uh no i'll be paying attention it just won't look okay, like I'm it so on, so heathen right. dog can quiz me at any point and i'll have uh, what <laughs> uh seven so there you go <laughs> no man a gun oh oh seven guns shut up yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen welcome back to call of cthulhu seventh edition read through now we've learned how to do skill checks we've learned how to do uh characteristic checks we've learned about bonus die penalty die difficulty all that stuff but we haven't learned yet how to punch and shoot and stab and run but we're going to do that now running away shooting and stabbing mythos creatures for the win we welcome all people regardless of background belief or identity to play tabletop role-playing games. Let's engage our imaginations, pull a veil over reality, and immerse ourselves in fantastic worlds. Don't be a disruption at the table and always remember, it's just a game. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national, non-partisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time or check out the Friday Night Stream where our panel of guests opine comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences. If you enjoy our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. Yeah, just for oh, the right. record, just for the record, violence solves everything. That's from Rumble. Yep. See, yours $2 Rumble rant, though, I couldn't find. Damn. All right, well, that's fine. Now, if you want to know about 
combating ancient alien unknowable sanity reducing creatures from hell and what that would look like this right here is an excellent picture count the number of humans in this picture two i mean it's kind of small on my screen is it two nope oh no i see a third one there wait are there none of them because that dude that dude with his arm raised then somebody grabbing a tentacle and then the person is at a gun that behind the text what about the guy in the mouth there's a guy in the mouth yeah oh i, 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 I okay yeah I, I that's very small okay i see it now yeah so but th this is basically what it's going to look like um two of these people are basically dead this guy he is looks like he's going insane and getting crushed by tentacles not a good combo <laughs> this this lady decided to grab onto it and i don't know indian burn it i, I don't know what <laughs> i don't know what she's doing but that's not helping this guy is uh, trying to fire off a spell this guy is also basically dead he's already half in the mouth it if, if if someone is is halfway inside a giant creature's mouth or they are halfway in a hole that leads to hell leave them they're just gone they're just gone just just leave them or really happy yeah the, the, there's no helping right and of course there's more eyeball tentacle monsters in the back that this guy is actually shooting at so this is not going well there's one two three four five humans there two of them are basically dead and uh the others are not far behind but is that all combat is that how it's going to work are we all going to die do we all have to have fodder he says yes i say maybe not <laughs> maybe not <laughs> <laughs> maybe not indeed so let's go ahead and check it out all right. Despite their best efforts to avoid bloodshed, sometimes investigators are faced with situations where the outcome can only be decided by the fist or gun. Combat encompasses a range of skills and goals. Sometimes an investigator may wish to merely subdue an opponent without causing undue harm, while at other times the goal may be to kill or simply to flee. Combat has its own rules that focus on the action and help determine who is doing what, when it is done, and the degree of success achieved. Rather than having a single role decide the outcome of a fight, a series of roles are made until there is a clear victor. This is normal for any game you're going to come across. Uh, and any any non-huge combat game, like armies fighting armies, usually, you know, the, the fates of hundreds of soldiers are deciding a single role. Not, not, not in Call of Cthulhu. They don't have the big, grandiose combat here. It's very one-on-one, -on -one, very in the trenches. And, could you uh, do that, though? I mean, could you? I, well, uh, let, me, let me phrase it. Would it fit within the setting? Because it doesn't seem like it would fit within the setting to all of a sudden have the military come out. Like, isn't this supposed to be more clandestine? Yes, it is supposed to be more clandestine. But it is possible, especially if you have a character who is in the military, that they may allocate resources, whether whether legally or not, to uh, to fight an imminent physical threat to a town or or a you know city or whatever, and military assets may be used. That is possible. But I would use that more of a more as a, a backdrop to cause confusion and focus on the individual group combat while the military combat is happening around them. Yeah, you you wouldn't have like a brigade going after an old one or something like that, would you? No, it it, it would be mortars and I got tanks okay. and jets and stuff. Yeah. All right. Declaration of intent. What is your character doing? 
I hate that question. The keeper should always ask the player that question. Oh, great. And encourage them to describe their investigator's actions rather than use game terminology. I'm rolling to hit is not something an investigator would ever say or do. Endeavor to paint a picture with your descriptions of combat and encourage your players to do likewise. Okay, that, player... that just gave me aneurysm. Why? I agree with you. I hate the question, what do you do? So basically, you're like, what do you, you're prompting, and then you're saying, <laughs> then, you're, then you're actually saying, but role play it out. No, no, get, get rid of the prompt, just role play it out. Right. That's, that, that's what that's what I mean, yeah. All right. Uh, when the player has described their investigator's action, the keeper should then tell the player which skill to roll dice against. And now that's important. If you as the player want to roll a particular skill, make sure you are describing a skill use that is obviously that skill. Mm -hmm. And then you'll get to roll it because you don't choose what skill you roll. The keeper does. So bear that in mind. Let's try this example here. No, no, I wanted to use this other skill. No, well, that's too bad, buddy. I'm going to punch the guard, then run for the open door. The guard is going to try and grab you. Roll your brawling skill. The monstrous humanoid is running straight at you. What are you doing? I raise my shotgun and blast the thing. Okay, give me a skill roll for shotgun. Or, Scott's investigator is acting crazy. He's heading out of the tent into the freezing cold without his coat or mittens. He will freeze to death out there. Oh, he's got mittens. With five. <laughs> I'm going to grab him and wrestle him to the ground. Let's have an opposed brawling roll. Notice how the request for a die roll develops out of what the players say. Mm -hmm. For example, the goal is to get past the guard, and the punch is simply, excuse me, a method of achieving that goal. Damage may be inflicted as a consequence, but the keeper uses the dice to judge whether the maneuver is accomplished. In the second example, the player's goal is clearly to inflict maximum damage, so the dice will be used to determine if that monster is hit and to gauge the amount of damage inflicted. In the third example, the player is trying to restrain a fellow investigator without inflicting harm. Again, the dice will be used to gauge the success of the maneuver. The dice are then rolled, usually by the keeper and the player simultaneously, if it's an opposed roll, obviously, and the results used to determine what maneuvers are achieved and how much damage is inflicted. How you describe the outcome of the die roll is important to your story, but of no importance to the game mechanics. One fighting roll like six points of damage may represent a few good punches, a knee to the groin, a series of kicks, or a headbutt. Your description of the outcome should elaborate upon your stated intention suiting the relative success achieved. That makes sense. I would, I would go so far as to give this as an example. I want to, to uh, uh, punch the guard in the face to make him let go of something. Okay. You punch the guard in the face to make him let go of something. But if your goal is to make him, I'm going to punch him so he lets go of, of this timer thing he's got in his hand. Well, you're obviously not going to punch him in the knee. You're not going to punch him, you know, in the in the other in the other arm. You're going to punch him somewhere where it will possibly make him drop this thing. In the arm he's holding it in. In the groin maybe. Break his nose, eyes water, blood everywhere, he's choking, he'll drop the thing. Those are all possible things. So, as a keeper, you have to describe a success as what the player intended to happen. 
That's the success. And if you want to get more specific, like, oh, he's you want him to drop this thing? Well, punching's not going to do it. You're going to have to grab it. So you're going to have to do some kind of wrestling maneuver. Oh, okay, okay. And then move on from there. So he thought, the player thought he was going to, he was going to roll punch, right? No. Now he's got to roll wrestle or grapple or, or whatever. We're going to find out what it's called later on. But uh, he's going to have to roll that. He didn't choose what needed to be rolled. He chose his desired outcome. The keeper decides what needs to be rolled at that point. And by the way, take that advice for every game play. The combat round. Let's find out. It is confusing for everyone when multiple players act and speak at once. So to maintain order, combat is structured into rounds with each player taking one turn in each round. A combat round is a deliberately elastic unit of time in which everyone wishing to act and capable of doing so has a chance to complete at least one action. An investigator's equality of opportunity is much more important than the notion that a combat round must represent a precise amount of real world time. So it's much more cinematic type of uh type of combat round very much like world of darkness that's what they're so far this is one of the best explanations of a combat round that i've heard in a long time because there are arguments online with people like well it should just be uh it should be a scrum there shouldn't be an initiative role you know that gets that game gets in the way of just natural reaction of people no the whole point is to have a little bit of control over the chaos and once again it's still a game Whenever investigator and other keeper-controlled characters have, an op- have had an opportunity to attack, that combat round is over, and the next one can begin. So basically, you as the keeper, you have, you have the ability to finagle the amount of time each individual round takes. Now, personally, if, if, the, if the players are just rolling badly, and they're under a, they're under a time crunch, I would make the rounds shorter just so they have more chances if they're rolling like crap like oh i rolled a one i rolled a five i rolled an eight like jesus christ dude <laughs> roll something else I, I i can finagle an extra round out of this but that's all i get you can probably do that but more importantly than that is it has to make sense so if if someone is disarming a bomb and they're deciding whether to cut red wire or blue wire and someone else is firing a gun, and someone else is is uh, is punching out a cultist. All of those things happen in the same round, but the round ends when the longest action you allow in it ends. Let me let me let me repeat that. The round ends when the longest allowed action completes. What would the longest allowed action be in that round? Well, probably the bomb the bomb disarming. I mean, that takes a lot more thought than just pulling the trigger or throwing a throwing a fist, right? I'm just running by clipping the yellow wire and hoping it's the right one. Hoping for the best, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting at a run so that if it goes off, I still get a few feet away from it, I hope, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to help too much. Oh. Dexterity and the order of attack. The question of who gets the first opportunity to attack can be an important issue in a fight. Duh. Determining the order of attack by ranking the combatant's dexterity score from highest to lowest. In the case of a draw, the side with the higher combat skill goes first. Combat skill that will be used in that round. That's an important distinction. Like, I have 100 brawling, but I'm using a machine gun. Well, then it doesn't matter. I don't care (laughs) if you have 1,000 brawling. doesn't matter. You're not using that. 
actions in a combat round. These are allowable actions that take one round. Let's find out what they are. To initiate an attack using fighting or firearm skill. That does have an asterisk on it, but we're going to move on. To perform a fighting maneuver, like a grapple or a trip or a hold, I imagine. To flee from combat. Okay. To cast a spell. To perform some other action requiring time and perhaps a die roll, such as picking a lock while others fight. Oh, the asterisk is note that some monsters are capable of multiple attacks in one round. These all take place in the same uh, in the same round on the monster's turn. So, so, so resolve this, everything at one time. Yes. If for some reason you or more likely a monster of some kind has more than one attack per round, they are all done at the same time on you or that monster's initiative order. A character may elect to delay acting until another character has acted. If this leads to more than one character wishing to act simultaneously, the one with the highest dex takes priority. If both insist on waiting for the other, the round may end with neither of them acting and therefore losing their action, after which play will continue with the usual order of combat next round. This one I have a problem with. What it's saying is that, yes, you can you can hold your action until it's somebody else's action, but you will still technically go before them because your dex is higher. So if you want a true simultaneous action by me reading this and understanding what, I, what I've read, you both also have to have the same dex, which means you'd go at the same time anyway. So I don't like that. Maybe it's to allow for, I don't know. I mean, I can think of some really, really, really niche scenarios where that makes sense, but that means they're so niche that yeah. I've decided I don't want to even talk about it. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't like that idea. Fist fights. This is not, not, not common in uh, 1990s, 2000s, 2020s, whatever uh, area you're in, but in the late 1800s early 1900s fist fights were the way to go because guns are expensive and knives were used to cut meat to explain the combat rules we shall start with a simple old-fashioned one-on-one fist fight later we can add rules for melee weapons multiple opponents firearms and other options this fight might be a barroom brawl or any situation where two people are determined to hurt one another in unarmed combat this is not a boxing match or a martial arts class. There are no holds barred here. This is down and dirty. Fists fly, feet lash out, hair is pulled, foreheads clash, nails rake, fingers twist, groins are hit, whatever. This is an all, in, all encompassed in one skill, brawling, a specialization of the fighting skill. The alternative to attacking is to try to avoid being hit, and this is represented by the dodge skill. Melee attacks are resolved using opposed skill rolls. When attacked, a character has a simple choice, either dodge or fight back. Okay, this is for unarmed combat. The, the things are going to change maybe for melee, for, you know, knives and guns and hammers, and will definitely change for firearms, but this is just fisticuffs. If a character chooses to fight back, use the target's fighting skill to oppose the attacker's fighting skill. If the character chooses to dodge, use the target's dodge skill to oppose to oppose the attacker's fighting skill. If the target is neither fighting back nor dodging, refer to surprise attacks on page 106. If you decide not to do anything, you're probably going to get beat on. So I don't recommend that un unless you're like holding holding a small child from falling into a pit. And if you fight back or dodge, you let go of the child. Well, maybe you got to take one for society at that point. But deciding not to fight back, usually not a good idea. 
in games like this, and this, and I'm not just ragging on this game. Any game that does this that has a specific combat skill like brawl, I don't like there being a second skill, say dodge. Brawl should represent all of that. It should be an opposed role, or it should be a target number based on brawl, or something like that. Having a second skill in there. See, I understand it in games like Palladium because Palladium doesn't have a brawl skill. You're making a roll to hit, which is just your your hand hand whatever and dodge is all part you know part and parcel parry etc etc in there but this has a specific skill called brawl that you roll that should encompass everything oh. every everything for hand-to-hand combat yeah 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 right 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 yeah. yes yeah you, you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna you know a bullet or an arrow or anything like that. exactly right okay resolving a fighting attack made against a target that is fighting back okay so you're not pussing out, you know, some, some drunk guy at the bar decides he wants to, he wants to flatten your face. You decide to say, Hey, bring it on, bring it on B word and boom, we're going <laughs> both sides, roll percentile dice and compare the results with their own fighting skill. In this case, brawl the side with the better level of success avoids being harmed and inflicts damage on their opponent. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I like that. Yes, yes. So you don't have to wait for your turn to hurt somebody. You can hurt them on their turn. Okay. So how does okay. the dodge fit into that? Because right there, uh, you just told me everything. I like that. Yeah, we're, we're going to get this. Is This is not dodging. This is fighting back. So we'll get to that. If both sides achieve the same level of success, the character initiating the attack hits the character that is fighting back, inflicting damage. Okay, okay, okay. So level of success. If you forget from before, there's average, hard and extreme an average level of success means you you've performed that skill adequately hard is at half of half of your percentage so if you have brawl at 60 and you roll a 28 you have you've 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 uh, achieved a hard success if you're if the attacker achieved only an average success you've successfully turned the tables on him and you've not only countered his move, but you have punch back. And you get to roll damage. If the defender achieves a higher level of success, like in my example, he or she has successfully blocked, parried, or avoided the attacker's blows and simultaneously landed a blow of their own on their attacker inflicting damage. Now, it's up to the player to describe how this counterattack happens. Is it a knee to the groin? Is it a thumb to the neck? Is it whatever? And then, then the keeper rolls with that. In the case of a draw, the attacker wins because it's his turn. So he gets okay. priority. It's different than a lot of games, but it does make sense. Yes. If both fail, no damage is inflicted. Well, that, that makes sense. I can get behind that. <laughs> uh, nope, I did that already. Are we done with uh, unarmed combat? No. The oh, here power we go. Of imagination. There we go. Resolving a fighting attack made against a target that is dodging. Okay, this is what Max wanted to see. Here's how this works. The attacker and the target, who is trying to dodge, make an opposed roll using their fighting skill and dodge skill, respectively. If the attacker gains a higher level of success, the attack is successful and the attacker inflicts damage on the loser. Otherwise, the attack is dot. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
if you use dodge, there is a benefit and a detriment. The benefit is you don't need to beat the level of success. You need to equal it. So defender tie goes to the defender on dodge. But you do not have the option of retaliating. So that's the trade-off. I yes, still think that could all be done just with the brawl skill, which is your declaration. Right, but, but it does have a detriment and and a uh, and a bonus to it. So I can kind of get behind it. And to be clear, it's not just this game that does it. I, I kind of say that about any game that has those skills uh, separated like that. But all right, anyway. Yeah. If both sides achieve the same level of success, the character dodging wins and evades the attack. If the attacker achieves a higher level of success, they deal damage. Defender achieves a high level of success, no damage. Case of a draw, defender wins, no damage. Both fail, guess what? Also no damage. Okay. Determining damage. All right. The amount of damage that an attack delivers is indicated on table, oh my God, 17? Yeah, uh, pages 401 to 405. Note that the damage for unarmed human attack is 1d3, obviously uh, augmented by your size attribute. The bigger you are, you get bonus damage dice. Makes sense. Yeah. Extreme damage and impales. This is important because uh, mythos creatures don't play fair and they're usually a lot bigger than you. Greater damage is inflicted if the attacker gains an extreme level of success on their attack. Okay, so extreme level of success is one-fifth of your skill roll or under. In the previous example, I told you, let's say this random person has a brawling of 60. 60%. A hard roll would be 30 or less. An extreme roll is 12 or less. So if someone roll, if this person rolls a, say, a nine to hit you, that is an extreme success. Extra damage is going to be applied. This only occurs if the attack is made on the character's turn in the deck's order, not when fighting back. Okay, not with a, uh, a, a retaliatory attack. Each character gets one moment in the spotlight each round, and this is their opportunity to make an outstanding attack. If the character achieves an extreme success with a non-impaling weapon, for example, blunt weapons such as fist, kick, or club, then they have hit a weak spot and caused maximum damage, plus maximum damage bonus, if any. If the attacker achieves an extreme level of success with a penetrating weapon, blade, or bullet, then an impale has been inflicted. This means that the weapon or bullet chance to strike a vital area driving deeply through the arteries or slashing crucial tendons or muscles apply the increased damage as for an extreme success with a blunt weapon and add damage roll a uh, maximum damage plus maximum damage bonus and add a damage roll for the weapon i don't understand that right away maybe we'll get there using weapons in a fight does that example tell Let's see. A uh, character with uh, with 1d4 damage bonus achieves an extreme level of success when attacking with a switchblade. The player rolls a d4 for the weapon's damage and adds the maximum damage the weapon can inflict four together with their maximum damage. Oh, okay, four. This results in a total of 1d4 plus eight. Okay, okay, you get, you, you get maximum weapon damage, maximum damage bonus, and then you roll weapon damage again. That is significant. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot of damage, yeah. That's a lot of damage. All right, let's see what we got here. Using weapons in a fight. Anything that can be picked up and used to hit or stab can be considered a melee weapon. 
Sweet. If it is the kind of weapon that anyone could just pick up and use, a chair leg, kitchen knife, etc., then use the fighting brawl skill. Such weapons belong to the basic weapons category and include simple clubs and knives. If the weapon is more cumbersome or complex and does not conform to the basic weapons category, a weapon specialization skill should be used. Weapons with similar characteristics can function and function are grouped together for the purpose of weapon skill specializations, and we can consult uh, table 17, page 401 to 405 for details on the weapon groups and specific weapons together with the damage they inflict. Okay, old man Birch has the choice of picking up a knife or a sword. With the knife, he would use his fighting brawl skill of 40. A sword's trickier and has its own skill, which is not part of the fighting brawl skill. Old man Birch doesn't have any skill with a sword, so he would have to use it at base value, which is 20%. So he would probably want to pick up your basic kitchen knife rather than the sword. Sure, the sword does more damage, but he's twice as likely to hit with the kitchen knife than he is with the sword. So, you know, five, six of one, half dozen of the other, which, whichever one you think is better. Improvised weapons. All sorts of items can be used to inflict physical harm. Snooker cues, snooker. <laughs> Scissors, bottles, I haven't heard that in forever. I know. Even a gramophone player could be a record player could <laughs> yeah. be smashed over the back of someone's head for a nasty injury or a television. That's true. The keeper should determine the damage done by an improvised weapon by using a comparable item on the weapons table. If the improvised weapon is similar to a basic melee weapon, such as a knife or club, it should be used with the fighting brawl skill. If not, the keeper should decide on which fighting skill set specialization is appropriate. Everyone is strongly encouraged to make use of the environment in a fight. Doing so will add a unique feel to each fight and will make the setting come to life. If every fight uses the same old punches, kicks, and regular weapons, they may feel repetitive. Picture the scene and grab what comes to mind. If the fight takes place in a bar, you should be using barroom stuff. That makes sense to me. By, by the way, I another paragraph I love, you know, the whole pronoun thing's driving me crazy, but the, but the paragraphs that they have, like, that are absolutely amazing. And this goes back to last week when we were talking about simultaneous attacks uh, in Palladium, how boring it is just doing the same thing over and over yeah. again. Uh, it's this game is saying, don't do that. Encourage you to use your surroundings. You know, I've got a coffee mug right here that's pretty big. I could probably smack this against somebody's face. It might break, yeah. but then I move on to the next thing. So hold on. I got the best bonus with my knife. So I'm going to take out my knife and, you know. No, have some fun with it, man. I mean, who hasn't seen a barroom ball brawl where stools were not used for just blunt killing right, tables objects? flipped over? And tables by the way, beer over, bottles don't break bottles <laughs> smash into people's heads. You know, someone thrown over the bar. It happens in every time. Yeah. So oh, no, slid, slid down the bar. <laughs> yeah, slid down the bar. We're smashing it. All the all the glasses and bottles on the way. Do it, man. Have some fun with it. But I have a minus 10 to that. It isn't the most effective thing for me. Yeah, but it looks cool, and and if you if your keeper is worth anything, it's going to intimidate everyone else. Huh? I know I would I would make a a different life choice if if I saw someone pick up somebody, throw him on the bar, smash his way through everything, in, including the taps, <laughs> and throw the guy on the ground. And I, I give out bonus experience for stuff like that, especially yeah. if it isn't your most optimized. There you go. But uh, but I personally, as an NPC, would rethink the situation and probably decide that uh, discretion oh, and no valor is trouble, better. Man. Yeah. Don't want any trouble. <laughs> exactly. No pushing combat roles. Pushing is only 
for skills and characteristic roles. That's it. It doesn't work with anything else. So stop it. Don't don't try. It doesn't work. Does the monster fight back or dodge? Well, that's good. The default mode for monsters and non-player characters is to fight back rather than dodge. This serves to make combat quicker and simpler for the keeper. Monsters and non-player characters should only use dodge when their priority is to escape. So there's your general rule. That's 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 good to know. It's good to know because oh, what's in the mind of the monster? I don't know. Well, now you do. Frying pan is an excellent improvised weapon. Yes, especially the cast iron kind, like we're looking at here. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that that's gonna that's gonna. Those are heavy those. though, and when you hit something with them, ask me how I know it does rattle the hand of yes. it. <laughs> there is a reason why uh, uh, aluminum bats have rubber around the where you hold them. There's a reason for that. And still, that doesn't work out great. Uh, you should be swinging pool cues, throwing bottles, and hitting each other with bar stools. Fire pokers, hat stands, and ornamental swords may be, may be to hand in a mansion. Uh, computer monitors, power cables, and scissors could all be deadly in an office. As keeper, encourage your players to improvise. Oh, did it again. Ethan Dog's improvising. I'm improvising. Pails, you weapon the fight, improvise weapons. There we go. Encourage your players to improvise and don't block their ideas without good reason. If you want to introduce the hand of fate to determine whether that handy improvised weapon is present, call for a luck roll. Hey, they're unlucky. It's not your fault. That's the way it happens. Fighting maneuvers. Okay, this is the different stuff. This probably holds. This is probably uh, grabs, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff that you're going to want to do, you know, rather than just punch or stab somebody. Let's find Can out. I wrestle a tentacle? Probably so. Apparently, you can give it Indian burns. You saw that in the picture. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> if a player describes a goal other than simply inflicting physical harm, such as disarming their opponent or knocking them over, or win it, then it can be resolved with a maneuver. This may include pushing someone out of the way, throwing the opponent to the floor, restraining someone in a headlock, disarming an opponent, and so on. Okay, step one, compare builds. Clearly, skill is an important factor in performing a successful fighting maneuver, but size and strength also have an effect. I like that they wrote this in there because it's it's a bit of realism that costs you nothing. Mm -hmm. A small, skillful fighter might unbalance or disarm a larger opponent, but there are limits. No human is ever going to be able to wrestle a huge monster such as a dark young of Shub-Niggurath to the hmm. ground, whether, whether or not their skill is good or not. Conveniently, size and strength are already factored into each character's build, and thus, by comparing these, we may gauge the relative might of the opponents. All right, so Harvey... Uh, fighting brawl skill of 25, uh, dodge skill 27. Old man Birch, brawl skill 40, dodge skill 30. And it gives an example. Keeper rolls an old 04 for old man Birch's fighting, which is wow. ex, which is extreme. His extreme is eight or less. That old man's showing some chops. <laughs> yeah, old man Birch. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, homesteading uh, makes you strong. <laughs> <laughs> homesteading makes you strong. All right. To determine the relative capability of two opponents and whether the character performing the maneuver takes penalty dice, simply compare... Okay, you're getting a penalty dice. I hate penalty dice. 
Simply compare the build of the two combatants. If the character performing the maneuver has a smaller build than their opponent, then he or she takes penalty die for each point of difference to a maximum of two penalty dice. If an opponent exceeds the attacker's build by three or more, any fighting maneuvers are ineffective. The attacker oh. may be able to lay hands on their opponent, but lacks the strength and size required to take advantage of their grip. It's very much like in the, the uh, Princess Bride, where, uh, where Wesley tries to wrestle with Andre the Giant. It does not go his way initially. Inconceivable. Oh, that, that was actually pretty conceivable. And that, that's how it worked. <laughs> but I understand your meaning. And if you remember back in character generation, your build is a is a is a comparison or or, or a addition of your strength and your size. So if you're big and strong, you'll have a higher build number, build score, than if you were just big or just strong or neither. Uh, character, blah, 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 blah. Oh, there. If the character performing the maneuver has a build that is three or more points lower than their opponent, maneuver is impossible. If the character performing a maneuver has build that's two points or lower, he takes two penalty dice, one point or lower, one penalty die, equal, no, no penalty whatsoever. But if if the attacker is has a higher build than the defender, then I imagine he would get bonus dice. Now I'm sure it only goes up to two bonus bonus and penalty dies only go up to two. So only two is going to be required for that. Make the attack roll. A maneuver is treated the same way as a regular fighting attack. Most maneuvers will use the brawling skill, though some may be performed using another specialization. For example, the fighting sword skill might be used to disarm a person using a sword. I get it. That's fine. The keeper must rule according to the situation. The import, the opponent should choose to either dodge or fight back as they would when attacked normally. Fighting maneuvers require a definitive goal. Yes. Oh. Now the the that's that's easy. The the that's been uh something for skill checks and and roles from the very beginning. I just haven't heard it written for combat, but I, I like it. I, yeah. I really do. Yes, your the skill you use, the damage you do, all of it is going to uh be a reflection of your goal. If your goal is to is to lock someone's arms you are not focused on damage. You're, you're focused on the hold. So you're not going to do a lot of damage. If you are to disarm somebody, you might not do any damage if you succeed, even though you're rolling a brawling skill because that's not the goal. So think of it that way. Uh, making the attack roll, we did that. Is there anything under this? Nope. Oh my god. All right. This is this is upsetting me now. So I go to view and <laughs> I go to That's right. I never had this problem when I used my browser to do the book. I wonder if it's just the way that book's laid out or something. Single page. All right. Single page it is. There we go. There yeah. we are. Okay. Okay, that's old man Birch. He's a he's a monster. We know that. Yeah, he is. Maneuver attack roll. If the target is dodging, the attacker's fighting skill is opposed by the target's dodge skill. If the character performing the maneuver achieves a higher level of success, than the, remember, for dodging, defender tie wins. So he's deciding to dodge, so the attacker has to get a higher level of success. At least uh, 
you know, if, if the fails the dodge, you have to get a regular success. If the person makes a regular success on dodge, you must get a hard and so on. If the target is fighting back, the attacker's fighting skill is opposed by the target's fighting skill. If the character fighting back achieves a higher level of success, the maneuver fails and the opponent inflicts damage on the character performing the maneuver. If tied, the maneuver is successful. So if you go to grab someone and this person, person you want to grab is wants to fight you back, he has to roll better than you, a higher level of success than the attacker to successfully fight back. If not, then guess what? So I, I want I want clarification because I just I know I heard what you said, but I I've, also my brain isn't working on this. Higher level of success does that mean the whole hard extreme thing or just yes. roll? No. Oh, so it's not That's just like extreme. hey, yes. I I rolled better than you. I have to roll better than you and get it up to the next category. Okay. Yes, you have to get it to the next category. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you another example. Let's say I am attacking you. Mm -hmm. for a hold you are like i don't want you touching me i know where you've been and you want to fight back by kicking me in the groin because you're a little bitch you can do that here's what happens we both roll our fighting skill your fighting skill is 40 my fighting skill is 30 okay. i roll a 15 you roll a 25 i got a hard success you got an average success even though we both rolled 15 under our skill yes oh. That doesn't matter. It's the level of success that matters. Okay. So I successfully held you and you did not get to kick me in the groin. Oh. But if I rolled a 25 and you rolled a 25, we both rolled an average success because we're both, because you're not dodging, you're, you're fighting back. Guess what? I kicked in the ding ding. There it is. I don't like that, but that's the way it is. If the target is fighting back, the attacker's fighting skill is opposed by the target's fighting skill. If the character fighting back achieves a higher level of success, the maneuver fails and the opponent inflicts damage. A target attack may use a maneuver of their own. Resolve as for fighting back, but instead of inflicting damage, apply the effect of their maneuver. So I want to grab you, but instead of kicking me in the ding-ding, you want to grab me because I'm obviously insane and I turned on you for no reason. You don't want to hurt me. You just want to stop me from being able to attack you. So you decide as your fighting back maneuver, you're going to grab me instead. Okay, then we would roll for that. Target of an attack may use a maneuver of their own. Yeah, we do that. Successful maneuver allows the character to achieve one goal, such as disarm an opponent or wrestling an item such as a book out of the opponent's hand. Place an enemy on an ongoing disadvantage, either inflicting one penalty die on the opponent's future actions or granting one bonus die to allies actions taken against the target. This is like, I'm holding your arms behind your back or I'm, I'm, I'm gripping your legs together. So you can't move. Mm -hmm. You would further physical actions you take would be at a disadvantage and people trying to hit you because you can't, you know, dodge duck, dive, even <laughs> dodge or anything. They would get a bonus to attack you. To escape when physically restrained by another character, the restrained character may use a maneuver of their own on their turn to break out of a hold, such as a bear hug or a neck lock. Otherwise, they are automatically held until their attacker releases them, is incapacitated, or suffers a major wound. We're going to get that later on. Wounds and healing. So you can use your action to break a hold. But if you fail or you have no actions left that round, you can't. You're held until your next chance to get away, which is your action. Pushing an opponent over a cliff, out of a large window, 
or Woo. simply knocking an opponent to the floor. Okay. The keeper may inflict damage on those engaged in a maneuver if it is appropriate to the events in the story. Clearly, someone falling from a second story window is going to take damage unless they land in a safety net or similar. Or if you watch too many movies, a garbage bin. Striking the first blow. Surprise! Something must happen to start a combat. Someone must strike the first blow. Opponents may square up to each other like two boxers in the ring, knowing they are going to be engaged in a fight even before the first punch is thrown. If this is the case, the keeper should start the combat round and you just go, initi uh, you go initiative by your dex rating. Great. Alternatively, the attack may be a complete surprise, a sudden knee to the groin or a punch to the jaw. For example, someone states that they are making a surprise attack uh, there's a sudden and surprise attack, sudden unexpected attack. They should have the opportunity to surprise their opponent. If the keeper were to automatically switch to combat rounds, see below, the person who declared the first attack may end up acting last in the dex order, which would make no sense. Of course, if the target has their wits about them, they may see the attack coming. So here, here's how we handle surprise. And you may or may not like it. I'm on the fence about it. So let's check it out. The keeper may allow a skill roll to determine if the target anticipates the attack using either listen or spot hidden to hear or see it coming or okay. psychology to perceive the attacker's intent. The stealth skill of the attacker can be used to set the difficulty level for the investigator's listen, spot, or psychology skill or vice versa if the investigator is one making the surprise attack. Well, hold on just Any one second. I, I want to wrap my head around this. Okay. Yep. So... Listen and spot would be you're creeping down the hallway and you're waiting to see if something's going to jump out at you. Got it. See the shadow. You hear the creaking of the floorboard, something. Sure. Or, no, 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 no. It's th this isn't sneaking up on someone. Okay. This is not that you're standing next to someone. You're having a conversation. That, well, that, that would be psychology, suddenly, wouldn't it? Hang on. That guy suddenly decides to pull out a gun, put it to your temple and blow your head off. There are three ways three normal ways that you could possibly know that's coming. Listen, where you hear him cock the gun. Spot, where you see him go for the gun. Or psychology, you look at his eyes and you see the decision to kill you, which is a thing. Yeah, no, no, I get that. that that's uh, So I guess... I don't know. I don't know if I see it the same way, but it could be just I don't play Call of Cthulhu. I, uh, and I'm not just saying it has to be sneaking, sneaking. I was just using that as an example, but it's a, some sort of surprise attack you're, you're not aware of. You know, spot, you know, spotting would be, you know, again, seeing the shadow or seeing the glint of the firearm sure, sure. Uh, somewhere. I, I get all that. You know, hearing, same thing. I, I get that. But, you know, that's not necessarily eye to eye. Psychology would be the eye to eye contact. Exactly. Like, no, no. And, and I get, I agree with all of that. Like, I think that's neat as a matter of fact. So I just want to wrap my head around. Well, let's see how it works. Okay. Uh, da -da -da. Depending on the outcome of the role. If the target anticipates the attack, they may choose to dodge or fight back. If the target fails to anticipate the attack, the keeper may allow the attack to be an automatic success, unless a fumble is rolled, obviously, or award the attacker a bonus die, depending on the situation. If the attacker is making a ranged attack, for example, with a gun or throwing knife, the role should always be made to hit. Okay. Note, hitting someone on the head when attacking unseen from the rear would automatically succeed unless fumbled, whereas seizing a weapon from someone's hand would only receive a bonus die. 
When attacking a target that is unable or chooses not to dodge or fight back, the attacker should roll their attack normally and will only fail if they if they only fail a hit if they roll a fumble. It should be remembered that the keeper decides when die, die rolls are called for. If a person doesn't wake up, why would a die roll be required to stab or shoot them in their sleep? Once a surprise attack has been resolved, the keeper should then switch to combat rounds as detailed below. Okay, hang on. Going back in a minute. Let's let's see let's see how Harvey does it. Harvey's got a higher dex. He goes first. Okay. Harvey's is following a cultist that he knows to be carrying a copy of the book of of I imagine that's called Ebon in a briefcase through Boston. When he loses sight of the cultist in a crowd, Harvey makes a spot hidden roll and fails. Harvey runs down the street looking at every alley. The keeper grants a pushed spot hidden roll, which is also failed. As a consequence, the keeper tells how Harvey followed his target in the shadows in one of those alleys only to be jumped by a knife-wielding thug demanding money. That was the consequence of failing your pushed roll. The keeper, when you do push rolls, he gets to decide how he wants to mess with you. Yep. However, we talked about that last week. Yes. Harvey's action. Harvey tries to push the thug out of his way and run past. It's a risk, but Harvey knows that he will lose the trail if he delays. This is a fighting maneuver. The goal being to push the thug away long enough for Harvey to run past. Thug has a build of one. This is one point higher than Harvey's build of zero, so Harvey will have one penalty die. Basically, Mm -hmm. you probably lost. The thug is fighting back, attempting to stab Harvey. The thug has knife and so uses his fighting brawl skill to attack. Harvey's player rolls a pet with a penalty die, getting a 12 and a 22. He must take the higher roll, a regular success. The keeper rolls a three for the thug. Oh my God. Extreme success. Thug does eight plus 1d4 damage. That's crazy. That is crazy bad. Uh, outnumbered. When a character is outnumbered by the opposition, the character is at a disadvantage. That, that's That's fair. Once a character has either fought back or dodged in the present combat round, all subsequent melee attacks on them are made with one bonus die. This does not apply to attacks made using firearms. Think of it like being harried. You can't be harried from someone standing 50 feet away. You just can't. But two or more people gathered around you, punching, kicking, grabbing, whatever, then it starts to get weird, starts to get harder. That's exactly what happens here. Once a character has either fought back or dodged in the combat round, all subsequent attacks on them are made with one bonus die. This does not apply to it. Okay. Characters and monsters that have one, have more than one attack per round may also dodge or fight back that number of times before the bonus die is applied. Thus, a ghoul with three attacks can fight back three times before its attackers gain a bonus die. Note that some of those entities can never be outnumbered by investigators. Depending on the monster, they could be special cases or just too damn big or whatever. Entirely doable. Ranged and thrown weapons. Ranged missile attacks such as bows are treated like firearms. Target has the option of diving for cover, which is a special dodge, which kind of sucks. Thrown weapons may be opposed with the dodge skill in the same way as fighting attacks. A character may not choose the option of fighting back against a ranged missile because you're not, you can't fight back against the bullet. I'm sorry. You can't turn the bullet around. You're not Magneto. Stop it. Or throw up attack unless he or she is within one fifth of their decks in, in feet near the attacker. If you can close the distance without using your action, which apparently is one fifth of your decks in, in feet. 
Half the attacker's damage bonus is applied to thrown and missile weapons that rely on the user's strength. This applies to bows and slings, but not crossbows. To resolve a ranged or thrown attack, the keeper should set a difficulty level for firearm attack. Firearms difficulty levels are on page 112. Escaping close combat. The character can use their action to flee. Remember, a fighting maneuver is run away. Completely legit fighting maneuver. Providing they have an escape route and are not physically restrained. And then we're going into armor and that's, weapons. That's the next video, right? That's next video, yes. So what do we have for... I just I have one going. comment start. That's it. Uh, Kokushuko makes a point here where he says, weight classes are a thing for a reason. That's yes. been talking about the size stuff. Oh. Exactly. Yes, there's a reason why there's a welterweight, bantamweight, lightweight, heavyweight. Super heavyweight. Super heavy, whatever. Yeah, there, there's a reason why there's weight classes because it is common knowledge to anyone who's not a Wokey. It is common knowledge that someone who has uh, eight inches of height, three inches of reach, and 50 pounds of weight is going to destroy the other person even if they are technically more skilled. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be a massacre. So the game shows you that by giving you bonus and penalty die to show you the, the amount of massacre that's about to happen. So there you go. That was the only, was the only right. one we're starring. So our, our next video is going to be on armor and weapons. We're going to see about uh, weapons and if they, you know, impale stuff, uh, extra bleed, maybe, maybe they have special things they can do. I don't know. We're going to find out. And how good is armor? Is it like Palladium where it's good sometimes, but not all the time? Well, we'll find out. Can it stop tentacle goo? No. <laughs> <laughs> I need to run to the little uh, civilian's room here, and I'll be back in just a moment. Okay, this is page number what? Page number 108, okay. I use my cowboy skill. Hey, you know what? Um, cowboy skill could be a bunch of a uh, bunch of cowboy stuff, like lasso, uh, staying on your horse, uh, maybe shooting from a horse would be your combat skill for for cowboy. I don't know. It depends on the keeper, and it depends on on how much he wants to get in the weeds on this. But uh, I would I would stick to keep it simple, stupid. And cowboy skill would only be effective for rustling cattle, um, for um, keeping cattle on track, going in the direction you want them to go. Maybe even uh, cooking beans. I don't know. Who has brawling? Everyone has brawling. Everyone has brawling and everyone has dodge. Uh, it starts at 25% for each, I believe. So even if you don't put any skill points into brawling, you still have a 25% chance to succeed or dodging. I like the distinction between throne and guns and arrows. Yes. Yes. A, a throne, a throne weapon um, is, has inherently less energy in it than a bullet or an arrow 
and therefore would wouldn't do as as much damage for uh strength wise does call of cthulhu work in settings that are not after 1900 like ancient greece or something yes there there uh there's a bunch of flavors of call of cthulhu now and some of them are old-timey not not just like uh well it always came in like 1880s 1890s stuff like that but now they I, i think there's even a dark age supplement or some other nonsense like that i i never bought one so i because uh between 1880 and and 2000s when i was when i was playing a lot that was a wide enough time frame really for any game i wanted to play i mean 1880 1890 was enough old timey that it, it seemed like it seemed like the past you know it was like super past all right, all right. ready whenever oh, you are give me one sec hey luther good to see you here to figure out a time to uh to go peruse and uh and and haunt your gaming group at some point uh out here <laughs> all right anyway go ahead Eden. all right <clears throat> all right everyone welcome back we are talking about call of cthulhu seventh edition combat we went over the combat round on melee combat armed combat ranged combat now we're going to talk about the defenses against that stuff we're going to talk about armor and weapons are uh, how do they work uh do they do they do specialized uh damage like bleeding or incapacitation we'll find out right after this role-playing games thrive in fantastic worlds and at inclusive tables that embrace these core values for the most positive gaming experience donate to the wounded warrior project via the link in the description below to help honor and empower our wounded heroes on Thursdays and Saturdays, watch Heathen Dog's Dirty Casuals play multiplayer video games over on Twitch. On Sundays and Fridays, join us for tabletop role-playing game content on both YouTube and Rumble. Finally, please take a quick moment to like this video and share it with both your friends and on social media. If you have not done so, please subscribe to Legion of Myth and activate that bell icon to receive notifications of new content. All right. Like I said, we are chapter six for combat, and we are going to page 108 to talk about armor. Armor reduces damage received, whether it is the natural armor of some monsters, body armor worn by a character, or the natural defense of an obstacle between the attacker and the target. Deduct the number of armor points from the damage inflicted by attacks passing through the armor. Note that armor will not reduce damage from magical attacks, poison, drowning, etc. My armor protects me from drowning. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, unless it's fully environmental armor, not uh, not the George McFly level armor we're looking at right here, or yeah, Martin Mar- Marty McFly level armor we're looking at right there. That's not going to work out. Oh, it has a flowchart. Combat flowchart. Establish order of attack. Rank in dex order. Highest goes first. Readied firearms go at a dex plus fifty. That's that. That's something that we're going to touch on. I think after this. After this. Uh, uh, flowchart but uh if you have a gun in your hand pointed and ready your dex is plus 50 as far as it means for initiative order because all you got to do is squeeze the trigger that's only for the first round right um yeah okay. squeeze trigger and you win right surprise attack well maybe maybe you just get to go because you're behind the guy and he can't see you 
Resolve in Dex order. Initiate attack, flee, or maneuver. Defender chooses to dodge, fight back, or perform maneuver in return. Attacker and defender make opposed rolls. Okay? You either dodge, fight back, or maneuver. Or if, if, if maneuver, do this. Combat rolls cannot be pushed. Stop, stop talking about that. Extreme level of success? Well, you could do a lot more damage with extreme level of success, especially with a weapon that's a stabby stab stab. That's, that's going to get weird. Outnumbered? Well, if you're outnumbered and you've dodged or fought back already, everyone attacking you after that receives a bonus die, which means they roll two 10-sideds, one, one, uh, one ones, and they take the, the lower of the two 10s and apply that. Okay, this is an example. Harvey is, is he still fighting old man? No, he's fighting Roger. Okay, well then he might, he might win, but old man Birch is a beast. <laughs> Absolute beast. Armor examples. Here we go. Here's the armor and what they do. Uh, look at this. It's not a lot. You got to get, I mean, wearable armor. Heavy Kevlar vest is eight points. That is a lot. That is a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot, but these the guns don't do a lot of damage, especially a knife. A knife does one d four, right? So okay, that's that's that. If, if that's your baseline, that's kind of a lot. Military body armor is twelve points. A large sandbag is twenty points. That's why they use sandbags in in current yeah, sandbags are very effective. They are very effective at stopping bullets really really quickly uh water is the same way un un unless you have a special armor piercing bullet after about six inches a bullet basically disintegrates in water and is stopped that, by that's something movies get wrong a lot all not, the time not that i care but it's just one of those things where it's like right real bullets don't make it far in water yeah if, if someone jumps into a lake and goes down more than about a foot two feet tops gunfire is completely ineffective against them you can fire at them all you want you're not going to hit him. So let's see here. Firearms. It is true. No, no, let's do that. To resolve a firearms attack, make a D100 roll and compare the result with the attacker's firearm skill using the appropriate specialization. If you're using a handgun, it's handgun. You're using a rifle, it's a rifle. Machine gun, machine gun. Like that. The firearms roll is not opposed. The difficulty level is determined by the range with various other factors granting either penalty or bonus die. Failure never deals damage. Okay, uh, this is kind of weird because we know there's a dodge skill, right? So where is the dodge skill? If it's not opposed, how do we dodge? Well, let's find out. Let's keep reading. Uh, it takes less time to pull a trigger than to swing a club or a sword. Therefore, readied firearms may shoot at dex plus 50, in the dex order note note it doesn't say first round only i was wrong it's every round but everyone who has a gun in their hand has that plus 50 okay. if you bring a knife to a gunfight well hey man he rolls the dice he takes chances right i guess that i guess that's a thing for a reason range and firearms difficulty level the difficulty level of a firearm skill roll is always set according to range. Each doubling of range above the weapon's listed base range on the weapons chart increases the difficulty by one step. For example, within the base range, if the range of a, of a handgun is, say, 50 feet, anything between 0 and 50 feet is a regular difficulty level attack. From 51 to 100 you're looking at a hard difficulty, which is half of your percentage. Very long range. Anywhere from 101 
to 200. Extreme difficulty, you're at one-fifth of your skill to attack. Any further modifications, use bonus or penalty dice. At very long range, only when an extreme success will hit the target, an impale only occurs with a critical hit. You're so far away that there, there's very, very little chance to hit even the main body, let alone head, neck, groin, whatever. All right, let's see what else we've got. Firearm attack modifiers. Once the difficulty level of the firearms attack has been set, all other factors that lend a distinct advantage or disadvantage are taken into account. Some options follow, but others may occur to you during play. Modifiers grant either a bonus or a penalty die. Diving for cover. Target that is aware of being fired upon may react by diving for cover. This may mean jumping behind a physical barrier, throwing oneself on the floor, or ducking and diving at speed in an attempt to present a more difficult target. Diving for cover requires a dodge roll. Okay, we got our dodge back. Okay, how's that work? If this is successful, the target presents a more difficult target and the attacker gets one penalty die. Diving for cover is a desperate response to a desperate situation. A character that opts to dive for cover forfeits their next attack regardless of whether they were successful or not. If they have already used their attack this round, they use their following round's attack. The only option available to a character that has dived for cover until their next attack is to dodge further attacks. If an individual with multiple attacks dives for cover, they forfeit all of their attacks, not just a single one. So if a ghoul suddenly grew a brain, has, has three attacks, suddenly grew a brain. cover, he loses, or it loses, all the rest of the attacks. All of them. All you can do is dodge at this point. That's it. Cover and concealment. Penalty die. The degree of protection offered by cover is at the keeper's discretion. A wooden fence may not stop a bullet, but it does obscure the target, making the shot more difficult. Concealment of at least half of the target adds one penalty die to a firearm's attack. Okay. Good to know. And we have a target that breaks cover even briefly to fire shots, for example, may be targeted by another character if that character is holding his or her turn. Okay. So mm -hmm. you're waiting for him to pop his head waiting up. Waiting for him to pop up, right? You're waiting for them to pop up. Blam, blam. Point blank range. A bonus die. If the target is at point blank range within a fifth of the shooter's decks in feet, the attacker gains a bonus die. An attacker that's using a firearm at point-blank range may be targeted by melee attacks and could be disarmed with a successful fighting maneuver on their opponent's turn. A target may not fight back against a dodge or against or dodge a firearm attack as they can a fighting attack. A target may not fight back against a do or dodge a firearm attack as okay, yeah, because uh you you can't you can't fight back against a bullet, and the only dodge action is die for cover. Aiming. Bonus die. The intention to take careful aim must be declared on the character's turn in the order of combat on your dex initiative. The shot is taken on the same turn in the order of combat on the following round. So you are giving up your action this round. You're aiming. And when the initiative order hits you again, that's when you fire. But 
oh. with a bonus die. Remember, you can have up to two bonus dice or two penalty dice. So if uh, if you're aiming, but the person's undercover, the bonus and penalty dies would cancel each other out. It's a normal roll. If the aiming character takes damage or moves while aiming, the advantage of aiming is lost. You may only gain one bonus die by aiming, so aiming for five rounds does nothing, except give you one bonus die. Fast-moving targets. Penalty die. A target that is moving at full speed, movement of eight or more, is hard to hit. Apply a penalty die. Target size. Smaller targets are harder to hit. If the target is build minus two or smaller, apply a penalty die. If the target is build four or larger, apply a bonus die. That's just general Andre the Giant versus, say, uh, um, a jockey. Is going gonna, is gonna to get crazy. The jockey is going to be hard to hit, especially at range. But Andre the Giant is going to be a little easier because he's like five people. Reloading possible penalty die it takes one round to load two shells into any handgun rifle or shotgun allow one round to exchange a clip allow two rounds to change a machine gun belt in a round it is possible to put one round in a chamber and get that shot off with one penalty die okay so changing a clip takes your action takes a whole round to do putting in two rounds into either a revolver, a rifle, or a shotgun, whole round. You can put in one bullet and fire, but you'll be firing with a penalty die. Handguns, multiple shots. This is possible. Many handguns are capable of firing two or three shots per round. Firing one shot allows for more careful aim and steadying of the weapon. Firing more than one, place speed above accuracy. When firing two or three shots in the round, roll for each shot individually, all shots receiving one penalty die. Okay. Firing into melee combat. Combatants in melee combat are constantly on the move and may obscure one another. One penalty die is applied when targeting a, a combatant involved in melee combat. A fumble indicates an ally's been hit. If multiple allies are in the line of fire, the one with the lowest luck score is always hit. Now, this has a problem. What if you don't really care about either of those people? Why would you take a penalty die? You're not trying to be that careful. You, you don't like either of them. If you don't care that the other person might get hit, then why are you getting a penalty die? Well, maybe because it's a scrum and they just happen to move in, move into the way. Okay. Okay. All right. I can get behind that now. All right. I talk myself into that. <laughs> All right. Automatic fire. If using automatic fire, an attacker can make one pull of a trigger in one combat round. The automatic weapon will then continue firing until the trigger is released or the ammunition is expended. This is called full auto. Some weapons are limited to fire burst, two or three bullets, rather than full auto, while others may be switched to fire from semi-automatic and or burst or full auto. For full auto, the player declares the number of rounds, bullets, to be fired, which may be any number up to the capacity of the gun before rolling the dice. Due to the recoil of automatic weapons, it is very hard to place a high number of rounds in a single target. To simulate this, the number of bullets fired is divided into a series of volleys. 
And do I have to go? I do. Okay. Series of volleys. A roll made for each volley. A volley is a number of bullets and uh, up to or equal to the fire's submachine gun or machine gun skill divided by 10. And round. Oh, this is getting, okay. Already, it's, it's a little too complicated for me. I want to keep this simple. But this is, this is what happens. Let's say you have a machine gun skill of 40. Okay? And you are unleashing the entire clip. 27, 31, whatever it may be, right? Every bullet is coming out of your gun this round. You divide your skill by 10 and round down. You have a skill of 40, divide by 10 is four, round to nothing. So you have, say, 30 bullets and you roll for each group of four. And each one apparently is going to be harder and harder because recoil is causing you to drift. Regardless of the skill, a full auto volley is never fewer than three bullets. For example, a character with firearm skill 47 would fire four bullets in a volley. A character with can fire full auto, multiple volleys, in a single round until their ammunition runs out. For burst fire, one pull of the trigger fires two or three bullets, this being considered the best combination of accuracy and, and conservation of ammo. This is simply treated as a volley of two or three shots, depending on the firearm. The user's skill plays no role in determining the number of bullets, just two or three shots. When firing semi-automatic, multiple single shots, apply a penalty die to each shot, making a skill roll for each bullet fired, just as when firing multiple rounds from a handgun. Rolling to hit with automatic fire. Your first attack, in our example, the first four bullets. Apply the usual rules for a firearms attack. Set difficulty by range and apply any modifiers that there may be. This is this is the your most accurate. I really think that a lot of game designers need to actually own firearms and go to ranges and use not just the stationary targets but the targets that you're allowed to draw and fire because yeah. these rules like many other games are almost backward but it's a game uh a game. second and further attack rolls add one penalty die or remove a bonus die for each additional attack roll if this would incur three penalty dice stick with two and raise a difficulty level by one step Okay, you had one penalty die for each additional attack roll. So, in in my example with a with a skill machine gun skill of forty, and uh, four divided by we'll just say seven, seven groups of four. That the, that's the, the those those are the bullets. Those are bullets coming out. So the first group of four is your normal attack roll. The next group of four is one penalty die. The third group of four is two penalty die. The fourth group of four is two penalty die, and now it's a hard roll. Hard success required. Fifth group is two penalty die, and an extreme success is required. We can't get worse than that, so six and seven are going to be just that. Two penalty die and extreme success required to hit your target. That seems very severe. But, I, I would actually challenge anyone to, you know, uh, hit accurately with a machine gun at the tail end of a full auto uh, burst. I, I, I challenge you to for that last bullet to hit anywhere on the target. Probably not. So I get it. I get it. 
If the attack roll is successful, half the shots fired hit the target. Roll the damage for half the shots. If the attack roll is an extreme success, all shots fired hit the target. The first half for which impale. Subtract any... Ar okay, okay, okay. So each each of these volleys that we're talking about in this, in my example, volley of four, four bullets, a normal, a normal success is two bullets hit, two bullets miss. An extreme success is all four bullets hit and the first two impale, which means they do max damage. Again, I'm I'm seeing overcomplication here. As for all firearm attack, is the difficulty level of the shot was extreme. The best possible result is successful hit and not an impale. Okay, if the difficulty level is pushed up to extreme, just like in my example with volley five, six, and seven. Even if you get that extreme, which is a base level success here, you do not impale because at this point, extreme is your base level of success. So I get that. I get that. All right. Lots of examples here. Oh, my goodness. Malfunctions. Firearms are prone to jamming and misfiring. With any attack roll result equal to or higher than the weapon's firing malfunction number, we're going to go to page 401 right after this. The shooter does not merely miss. His or her weapon does not fire. If the weapon is a revolver, break-open gun, or bolt-action rifle, the problem is merely a dud. If the weapon is a lever action, the malfunction is a jam. Fixing a jam takes 1d6 combat rounds plus a successful what? mechanical repair roll or firearm skill roll. The user can can keep trying once per round until succeeding. If the roll is also a fumble, the keeper may choose whether the gun malfunctions or if some other outcome occurs, like you hit an ally or it explodes in your hand. So we're going to look at that right now. Page 401. All right, so we're going to go to gun. Let's just go down to gun. Handguns. Uh, nine millimeter revolver right here. All right, firearms, handgun. This is the skill. This is a specialty. Damage, 1d10. So remember, a, a Kevlar vest absorbs 8 damage. So it is still possible to hit someone, to damage someone who's wearing a Kevlar vest if you have a 9mm. You're like, oh, a 9mm won't go through a Kevlar vest. You're right. But if you hit it just right, also it ricochets or changes trajectory, hits you in the arm, whatever. It can be explained away easily enough by something like that. The base range is 15 yards. So 0 to 15 yards is your normal attack. 16 to 30 yards is hard. And 31 to was 60 is going to be extreme. And rounds per, I'm sorry, bullets per round, one or up to three. Because it is possible to fire three times. But you're going to get the penalty dice. Rounds in your magazine is six. I don't, I don't know. Well, it says revolver. They aren't most nine millimeter revolvers eight, but I, I don't know. I don't use revolvers. Uh, so. Whatever. And then, the, and then the cost. And the malfunction is 100 for the revolver. That means you have to roll a 100 for this thing to okay. malfunction. I was waiting to see how bad those malfunctions would be because I'm like, uh, for example, I won't put it on stream because apparently that makes people angry, but like my 45 here, uh, yep. When I was using some dumb rounds in it, 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 it jammed a little more than I liked, but my nine mils have never, ever jammed on me. I put hundred, literally hundreds of rounds down. 
A Glock 17, Thousands. on the other hand, is a malfunction rate of 98. So 98, 99, or 100 will be a malfunction. Let's find the AR style rifle. If that's anything above a 75, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. They're actually pretty good now, but <laughs> there's the rifles. Uh, bolt action, Garand, semi automatic rifle, and an elephant gun. Elephant gun. That's something. Is that uh, what they the... teach now, nerds, nerds? Uh, tap rack bang? Or we learned uh, slap tap rack. Don't know. But it's back in the 90s. My M16 was happy to get the A2. <laughs> Shotguns. Where's machine gun? That's what I want to know. It's probably under assault. Assault rifle. rifle. There we go. Yeah, I can see. What there it is. Uh, <laughs> M16A2. That should be 97 at least. Yeah, 97. There it is. <laughs> 97. Mm. I, you know what? No, 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 no. The 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 ones that we were trained on were the were the bullshit not not taken care of. Well, they weren't A twos, but uh... yeah, yeah. We, when we got in, we were still using A ones. But uh, M four that should be better. Should be ninety nine. Still ninety seven. Bullshit. The M four is it was an awesome awesome gun. It doesn't jam. Shut the fuck up. And the the Beretta nine millimeter. No, no, no I'm sorry, not the the Beretta rifle is a ninety nine. You must have got the lucky m16 because mine uh wouldn't stop jamming i got very good at uh, at uh, clearing it though. clearing a jam yeah and now now we get into the submachine guns and the jammies get to 96 97 as a max 98 and then we have uh what is this straight up machine guns 1920s modern 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 uh minigun 98 wow 2d6 plus four damage, 4,000 rounds, and it can go to full auto. The thing is, though, you're not hitting anything after, after like four, maybe, maybe five volleys of that 4,000. That's crazy. Again, uh, and, and I don't want to be pedantic about this. I really, do, I, I really don't. But yeah, it's definitely uh, we'll call it tabletop RPG uh, <laughs> uh, yep. firing because uh, it's not real world firing. I get it. All right, let's uh, let's take a look at the starred comments. Oh, again, that, we only it. have okay. one. Um, well, one starred comment was deleted by the actually the starred comment was deleted by the user. So I don't know if I want to put it out there um well i'm a nerd nerd i know you deleted it but i'll put it out there because i still think it's a really good comment uh to put up uh rounds two to five that are hardest to hit then you start compensating yeah that's kind of the point that i was making as yeah. well it's like you know it's, it's like it lifts and then then you, then, you, then you, you lean pull into it back it. down right you know, your yeah. your your arms are now getting used to the to the upward force caused by the expelled gases and it's and as long as you're holding down the trigger it's basically constant it's the My, same rate so you can you can gauge and you can start aiming again once your body's used to the recoil. My issue was with the uh, with the with the trick because uh, you know, when I'm like got my 45 out and I uh, mag dumped the thing, you know, boom, 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 boom. Uh, if that first round's on target, usually the rest are on target. If that first round's off and I don't compensate after that, then they are either all off all, or yeah. or I have to bring it back in. But I, the, the concept of anybody who's trained to fire that uh, the first shot and then the second shot and then the third shot, it's like uh, maybe for somebody like my wife who doesn't fire, 
but I, I, I wouldn't a nerd's nerd who's a Marine. No, I would. I'm, I'm guessing that when one round hits, they all hit, you know. Yeah. But again, that gets pedantic for a game. And I understand I'm not complaining about the game. You're going to see it in all games. I don't think any game really does. Does it correctly. Uh, yeah, do, does it correctly. And, and also they're trying to balance the concept of, uh, hey, otherwise everybody's just going to go. Boop, 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 yeah, like everyone's going to have machine guns because yeah. that's the only way to go, right? Everyone's going to yeah. need them. Everyone's going to want them. And then you, you as a keeper have to be a dick and have cops on every corner checking gun licenses. <laughs> there you go. So uh, anyway, so we're, we're done with, uh, with weapons and armor. And next we're going to go into wounds and healing because after all of these, you've been riddled full of bullet holes, stab wounds, impaled by swords, beaten by, by uh, uh, bar stools, wrestled slimy up? tentacles or, or, you know, touched in a naughty place by slimy tentacles <laughs> how do you recover from that well the latter is lots of therapy but the former is probably going to be a hospital but we'll find out <laughs> yeah i hate being that guy when it comes to fire especially when there are people out there that know a lot more than me it's just when i'm looking at some of the rules here i'm like that that's kind of backward <laughs> like like if i'm already on target I, I, I should stay on target. I understand how, how you think, you know, you don't have to be a competition shooter to stay on target. Every game does it, you know, to be fair, Palladium is one of the worst games when it comes oh, yeah. to stuff like that. Uh, but all right. Uh, do you need to step away or no? Yeah. Just for a second. Okay. Ooh. Anywho. Um, yeah, I got timed out of what I was working on the side. So uh, <laughs> I can't, can't use it again i've got some new stuff happening for for legion of myth content that might be fun for some of you it might not be but i'm gonna leave it at there teaser that's right it was a teaser playing around with ai art and seeing what kind of fun we can have with that i don't know what i'm covering next week I still want to try to figure out a way of uh, doing more Palladium combat, but I really need a lot of time to make that happen. Like this week, I didn't have one moment, not a single moment to work on anything like that. I was like, well, if I start it this week, since I'm not going to be you know, having uh, content today, that'll give me two weeks to work on. Nope. <laughs> didn't have a single moment uh, to look at it. So what I'm probably going to cover is I'm, uh, my guess is I'm going to cover the powers books for heroes unlimited. And while heroes unlimited, isn't really my jam, it's closer than say riffs. And, uh, I'd like to go through, see what those, since I have them now see what the new powers in there are, what, what they add to the game. So I don't know if I'm gonna cover one or all three. My guess would be all three. I don't think I can get three segments out of one book. So probably be book one for a segment, book two for a segment, book three for a segment. But I do want to do more. People really like the combat video, and I surprisingly didn't have a lot of complaints about it, so that was interesting. Um, but a uh, lot, lot of, you know, in, in comment, you know, I wouldn't call them complaining, but, you know, corrections, clarifications, issues, comments, concerns, but after the fact, not a lot at all, so. All right. Get the thingy-majiggy up. Welcome back, everyone, to Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition, where we're talking about combat today. Now, this is the tail end of combat. We went through all the fighting stuff, but what happens after? You've got a bullet hole. What do you do about it? Well, 
You can bleed out or you can stick with me and see how to treat that stuff. The best tabletop RPG groups follow these core values to respect the campaign setting, the game, and the people at the table. Refer to the URL in the video's description to donate to the charity we support, The Wounded Warrior Project. Sunday on Rumble and YouTube, we provide tabletop RPG game, system, and setting overviews. Then on Friday, a panel of guests editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Thursdays and Saturdays are when Heathen Dog leads his Dirty Casuals video game squad on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth. Please like and share this video with your friends and on social media, and subscribe to Legion of Myth for more tabletop RPG content. All right. It's in the combat, but it's not. It's after combat. What do you do after combat? Well, let's find out. Wounds and healing. Die. Well, hopefully not die. We're, we're, this is how we're going to not die from this. Okay, here we go. Description of injury should be appropriate to the type and degree of damage received. Thus, the investigator is not merely shot, but shot in one arm or the other. Likewise, a fall might mean the investigator has sprained an ankle, now has a lump on his back of his skull, as well as hit point loss. Keeper should describe the effects of damage and try to avoid simply saying you lost three hit points. No, you have to say you lost three hit points because hit points are a number that is tracked by the player, but you don't just say that. Let's say you got shot by a gun, by a, uh, a nine millimeter revolver. It does 1d10 damage and you took two. You got shot in the arm. It's flesh wound. Or you took 10. You got shot in the chest. It's a sucking chest wound you're in trouble. So you lost 10, 10 hit points. That sucks. So it's up to the keeper to describe the damage and make it appropriate. You're not going to have a hole in your body. If you got hit with a beer bottle, yeah. you're going to have a gash. You're going to have a slash. You're going to have a puncture, an impale. Maybe I don't know, but it's not going to be a hole tracking damage. The number of hit points of damage inflicted by an attack can be used to differentiate between regular damage and major wounds. Well, let's continue. Someone beaten unconscious by punches, each doing a small amount of damage, may awaken to the next day battered and bruised, but able to act. However, someone who takes the same total amount of damage in a single attack, such as a gunshot, might be out of action for a week or more before the slow healing process even begins. A punch is likely to result in regular damage, whereas a gunshot is more likely to inflict, inflict a major wound. If the damage from a single attack is... Less than half the character's maximum hit points, it is regular damage. Equal to or more than half the character's maximum hit points is a major wound. More than the character's maximum hit points, uh, you're just dead. <laughs> so I can only have one major wound? I don't know. I've seen these cop videos where people are shot a bunch of times. No, no, no. You can have two major wounds at once, but you're a, you're a real unlucky bastard. You got hit. You have 10 hit points. You took five. That's a major wound. You're in the hospital. A week later, you heal up one, maybe you're at oh. you're at six, and then you take another five points in major wound. <laughs> so now you got two major wounds. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But we'll we'll find out. Regular damage is the result of any single attack that deals damage equal to or less than half the character's maximum hit points in a single blow. It has no significant effect on the character until current hit points are reduced to zero. You're not gonna get a major wound by getting stabbed with a one millimeter knife a whole bunch of times, even if it's enough to kill you, none of those are going to be considered a major wound. So you're not going to have the, the problems. Uh, 
Here are what major wounds are. Major wound results when attack delivers an amount of damage equal to or greater than half the character's maximum hit points. A character that has received a major wound may die if the current hit points are reduced to zero. When a character takes a major wound, tick the major wound box. The character immediately falls down. Yeah, you fell down. Make a successful con roll to avoid the character falling unconscious. If current hit points fall to zero while the major wound is ticked, the character is dying. Okay, so millimeter knife, millimeter knife, millimeter knife. Shoot him. <laughs> All right, now he's dying. Let's look at the example. Harvey has 15 hit points. Good job, Harvey. Damage of eight or more will inflict a major wound. Harvey is attacked by a mad cultist and, over the course of the fight, takes three damage, then eight damage. His current hit points are down to four. The major wound knocks him to the floor. He is required to make a con roll for the major wound and does so successfully, remaining conscious. The, the three damage just was damage. It doesn't, it, it doesn't hinder you later on. Well, unless maybe the blade was poisoned or something, but poison is a separate thing. Okay, it's a it's a separate thing. Zero hit points. The effects of zero hit points. Well, I imagine death is one of them. Let's find out. Cumulative damage ceases to be tracked once current hit points have fallen to zero. Do not record negative hit points. On zero hit points, the character is unconscious. Further damage is generally ignored, but any sincere attempt to kill an unconscious character should succeed. If you're unconscious or sleeping, coup de gras, slit your throat, dead as a doornail. That's how it works. Zero points can indicate one of three conditions. If only regular damage had been taken, the character does not die and will heal in time. Regular damage are those that aren't life-threatening, aren't vital wounds. You know, you've been punched out unconscious. You've been, you've been stabbed lightly. <laughs> you've lightly stabbed. So you didn't occur any major wounds. You're unconscious. You will wake up without medical intervention. If an amount of damage, if the character has taken a major wound, the character will soon die unless first aid is administered. If an uninjured character takes a wound that is equal to their maximum hit points, this would obviously be a major wound and they're dying. If an amount of damage greater than the character's maximum points is taken in one attack, then death is inevitable. Okay, hang on. I got a problem with that. If an amount of damage greater than the character's maximum hit points is taken in one attack, then death is inevitable. But up here, it said further damage is generally ignored. But any sincere attempt to kill him while unconscious would do not record negative hit points. Right, right. Well, no, if you if you take all of your hit points in damage in one shot, that's just a killing blow. It's what it, way it reads to me. Okay. It says greater than the character's maximum hit points. Oh, yes. okay, 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 so okay. If you have ten it, hit points. There you go. Your maximum, not your current total. Right. Your maximum. Yeah. So if someone throws a grenade and you catch it and you try and throw it back, but you're too stupid and slow, it blows up in your hand, and it does say twenty damage. Your maximum hit points is seventeen. You just die. You just die. Anything less than that. You've taken a major wound and you are dying and probably uh, want you have your wife open your pickle jars from now on. <laughs> All right. So we get no pickles anymore. No pickles for you. Oh, stabbed in the back. Stabbed. In I the was back. looking at that picture earlier. 
Ow, ow, ow. Well, I know why he was stabbed in the back. Look, he's wearing sandals with socks. <laughs> All right. Anyway, first aid. To be effective, first aid must be delivered within one hour, in which case it grants one hit point of recovery. That's why we don't go into negatives. Zero is dying if it's a major wound, but one is you're alive. Good job. It may be attempted once with subsequent attempts con constituting a pushed roll. Two people can work together to administer first aid, and if either of them succeed, first aid succeeds. An exception is allowed when treating a dying character, see dying below, wherein the best that can be achieved with first aid is to temporarily stabilize the patient. First aid is not going to get you up and about from a gunshot wound to your lung. It's going to stop you from actively dying. You're still not going to be getting up. Sorry. You, it, it's stretcher time for you. If you want to go somewhere, it's under somebody else's power. Medicine. Treatment of injuries using the medicine skill takes a minimum of one hour and can be delivered anytime after damage is taken. If it is not performed on the same day, the difficulty level increases, requiring hard success. Ouch. Pers What's that? I said, ouch. I mean, it makes yeah. sense, but ouch. Sure. A person, well, yeah, I, I imagine after a day, now you have to deal with uh, almost certain infection. If you didn't get any medical treatment. Well, blood loss, infection. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. all of that constitutes a heart of success. I get it. A person treated successfully with medicine recovers 1D3 hit points in addition to any first aid they may have received earlier. Except in the case of a dying character who must initially receive successful first aid, after which they must be fully stabilized using medicine that makes sense dying in, in, in fact uh there's a little anecdote what i wrote into my game was like if you're dying you're gonna die within like 1d6 whatever it is 1d6 1d10 rounds i forget um what that does it changes it from rounds to um up to an hour so it's very similar to what this is here yeah. first aid is just to get you to the hospital right if you if you have a a, a major wound First aid is just going to keep you alive long enough to get you to hospital. Dying. God, a character is dying when their hit points are reduced to zero and they have also sustained a major wound. Record the current hit points as zero and check the dying box. That's a bad box. You don't want to check that box. <laughs> the character immediately falls unconscious. The player must make a con roll at the end of the next round and every round thereafter. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> every round thereafter. You are dying, sir. Yeah, you are dying. If if any of these con rolls fails, the character dies immediately. Only the first aid skill can be used to stabilize a dying character. Medicine cannot be used to stabilize a dying character. First, that's a reason why the ER is your first stop on the way in. The ER is there to keep you alive and stabilize you to get you to an operating room so medicine can be rolled. So if you want to, you can say to any ER doc, you're just a glorified combat medic. You, you, you dirty little thing. And he can't say anything about it. The first use of uh, first aid to stabilize a dying character grants one temporary hit point, And it must temporary. be followed up with, with a successful medicine roll. A dying character that has been stabilized with first aid on that one hit point should make a con roll at the end of every hour. A failure indicates the patient's condition has deteriorated. They lose the temporary hit point and revert to the whole dying thing again. In need of first aid and requiring a con roll at the end of each round. 
The medicine. So the question skill, then becomes: Do people die a lot in Call of Cthulhu? Yes. The medicine skill should be used to treat a dying character after he or she has been stabilized with first aid. After the successful medicine roll, uncheck the dying box and give the character 1d3 hit points. A recovery roll, see major wound recovery, that's next, should be made at the end of each further week of care or convalescence. So, here's the deal. You get shot in the arm. Ow. Not a major wound. You get shot in the leg. Ow. Not a major wound. You get grazed in your abdomen. Ow. Not a major wound, but it brings you to zero. You fall unconscious. You do not have a major... No, I'm sorry. I don't think you immediately... No, at zero, you immediately fall unconscious. But you are not dying. You're just unconscious. You're not dying. You don't check the dying box. Which means you are going to wake up. And without medical intervention, you will probably still survive. But if you take a shot to the arm, ow, not a major wound, and then a shot to the chest, super ow, a major wound, and you're at zero health by that point, you immediately fall unconscious because you're at zero health, and you check the dying box, and you are now actively dying. At the end of the next round and every round after that, you must make a con roll. If you fail, you die. If you make it, well, you got to roll again next round or you die. That is time for someone with first aid to come to you, successfully use first aid, give you one temporary hit point, uncheck the dying box. No, no keep checking yeah, yeah. the dying box. Keep the dying box checked. But you now roll every hour not every round when you get to the hospital if you are still stabilized then the doctors make a medicine roll if that succeeds now you erase the dying checkbox okay. and you gain 1d3 hit points and then a, re a recovery roll every seven days healing in real healing like a normal human takes a long time but I have magic. Well, good for you. <laughs> you also have insanity. Good job. Regular damage recovery. This is damage not caused by a major wound. Regular. Recovering from regular damage is relatively fast. If a character has not sustained a major wound, the character recovers one hit point per day. Now, I want to be very clear. The way this reads is, if you have a major wound, you do not heal one per day. If you do not have a major wound, then you heal one hit point per day. Okay. But, but heathen dog, four of my damage is not from major wounds. Shouldn't I heal four, those four, one per day? No, because the major wound is a severe trauma on your body and your, your body is reeling. It is not healing effectively and it's going to prioritize the major wound first. Well, theoretically, but it, your body's in trauma. So you're not healing as effectively as you could. Major wound recovery. Here we go. A con roll should be made at the end of each week of game time that a major wound box is ticked. If the con roll is failed, no recovery takes place that week. On a success, 1d3 hit points is recovered. On an extreme success, 2d3 hit points are recovered. Why can't you just say 1d6? I don't know. Add a bonus die if the character has complete rest in a comfortable environment. If you are at a, a fully stocked hospital, you add a bonus die. 
add another bonus die if the character receives effective medical care. If you are at a hospital and you have a nurse and doctor who are constantly monitoring you, that's two bonus dice. You still hate the bonus die? Yeah. <laughs> add a penalty die if you are in a poor environment and are unable to make sufficient rest. If a doctor actually fixed you up, but then had to boot you out because he needed the bed space and you are now convalescing under a bridge, you have a penalty die. Whoops. Sorry. A major wound is healed, erase the major wound marker, when the character either rolls an extreme success for their recovery roll or when their current hit points have recovered to more, to half or more than half of their full hit point total. Okay, so in a, a former example, uh, I had 10 hit points. I took uh, four from a regular regular knife attack, and then I took six from a gunshot wound. Oh. I went to zero. I fell unconscious. Uh, successful first aid was done. I was stabilized. I'm at one hit point, temporary hit point. I get moved to a hospital. The hospital rolls a medicine roll, succeeds. I get one D3 more. And a week later, I roll, I roll a constitution, and I succeed regular success. I get another one D three. So I'm at, let's just say I rolled a uh, three for the first medicine roll. So that means I have four. Now I roll two. So now I have a total of six hit points. That is half or more than half than my full total, which is 10. I now no longer have a major wound. So when you get to 50% or higher of your hit points, you uncheck the major wound box and you can only get one major wound. It didn't, I, I, I made, I made fun earlier about healing a little bit and then taking another major wound. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. If a roll is a fumble, if you roll a fumble on your, on your convalescence constitution roll, a lasting injury complication or worse condition results. Rather than rolling for a random complication, the keeper is encouraged to pick something that relates to the nature of the injuries. For example. Got sciatica. No, no. Let's say you are shot in the lung and you make the medicine roll, first aid roll, medicine roll, but when the week comes up and you make a con roll, you fumble your con roll. You roll a two. You're like, oh crap. Well, now an infection has set in and they have to remove your lung. You can live without a lung. You can. It's not comfortable. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend going to high altitudes, but you can do it. That is now a permanent injury that you have. You know, or you could lose an eye or whatever, a hand, like, like for the grenade thing, hand would be definitely, hand and arm would be definitely appropriate as a, as a major, major problem. So damage, combat damage flow chart, damage from a wound, less than half regular damage, heal one point with first aid and one point and one D three points with medicine. Also one point every day damage is equal to more than half major wound. You fall down. You might go unconscious. More than your maximum points, just dead. Sorry, buddy, okay. you just died. Make new character. Make new character. Hit points fall to zero. Has a major wound been taken? No. Recover one hit point per day. First aid, heal one point. Medicine, heal one to three points. All of this can be done and added on. 
So you can heal relatively quickly from regular damage. But what if a major wound? Uh Uh-oh, you are now dying. Someone did first aid? Yes. Temporary stabilized. Good good job. Next hour, someone administers medicine? Yes. Healing begins. Uncheck dying box and gain 1d3 hit points. Make a major wound recovery roll at the end of each week. I like that flowchart. Actually, I like the flowcharts that they put in this book. Yeah, the flowcharts are are pretty concise. So well, like they're help. They're actually helpful too. Yes. Okay. Now there's optional unconscious and death. We'll do that first. Call of Cthulhu is a horror game, and sometimes it may be more terrifying for an investigator to stay conscious. <laughs> yeah. If Please let me fuck unconscious. A character may be incapacitated rather than fully unconscious. Equally. Final death does not have to occur instantaneously, and the light in the character's eyes might not go out until after a particularly dramatic moment or once their final words have been uttered, or until your soul has been eaten by some kind of monster that the cultists have summoned. You get to live long enough to feel your soul eaten. Good for you, buddy. That's an experience you can take to the afterlife. No. You don't want that. You don't want that. That's bad. Other forms of damage. Often the keeper will be forced to make a judgment for the amount of damage caused by some random event, such as dropping a TV, someone's foot, uh, falling out of a building, depending on the height, stuff like that. Also, is this going to be a major wound? Falling from a single story? Maybe not. Falling from four stories? Probably yes. I can't superhero land? No, because guess what you're not? Superhero? There you go. (laughs) and then we have uh optional combat rules i'm not going to go over them too much i'm going to gloss over them because they are optional rolling for initiative all right you you can get by with decks right you can get by with decks but if you want more more precise initiative order you can also roll for initiative you make a dex roll to determine initiative order extreme successes are first to act followed by those with hard success and those with regular success finally those who failed the role and if more multiple people got average multiple people got hard then you go by your total decks at that point to go first or second uh this is other forms of damage okay punch kick headbutt examples deadly terminal splat outright death being involved in a high-speed head-on collision being hit by a train that's just that you're just gonna die sorry buddy asphyxiation and drowning a con roll is made each round poisons depending on the poison a con roll is made every round hour day whatever and then the damage is taken knockout blows this is a thing uh if you inflict a major wound with hand-to-hand combat you can knock the person out this is like andre the giant fighting me he hits me with his giant fist that is literally bigger than my head and i take half or more of my of my damage and so it's a major wound which means i have to roll a con roll to remain conscious knocked out that that's that's just the normal that's normal rule just packaged in a way that you can you can see it clearly avoiding nothing happening when both sides fail their fighting skill roll sometimes during melee combat both sides simultaneously fail one way to view this is that both sides are being equally ineffective at inflicting harm you can okay it's up to the keeper right but i would do this if both sides are hand-to-hand fighting and neither side has the has brawling at greater than the base, which is 25, they're slap fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so you do the slap fighting. 
that's not very nice. Well, guess what? You should probably learn how to fight, Timmy. Okay? You're 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 a slap fighting bitch. Just shut up. Armor revisited. Shotguns are a massive this is if you want to have have different nuanced armor. You don't need nuanced armor in this game. But if you want it, different kinds of weapons deal with armor differently. Fine. Fine. I don't think that's necessary. But if you want to, it's in here. Suppressing fire. Okay, there's rules for suppressing fire. Great. Optional hit locations. Great. You roll a, a D20. I don't like that, but whatever. Using telescopic sights. Okay. It changes your ranges. Sure. Bracing. Okay, everyone knows that. Movement during combat. This is moving while while fighting. Now remember, any any relative movement of eight or more is is a penalty die for the person shooting. Like if the target is moving at a movement rate of eight or more relative to you, it's an automatic penalty die. So if the person's running away, then are they running away much faster than you? Are they running away in a diagonal? Are they serpentining you? I don't know, but we're going to, we'll find out when you do that. Shooting a target through cover, whatever, point blank revisited. I don't think all this is necessary. This is all optional. I just want you to know that they're there. And there's the poisons. It, it, the poisons are just a, a list of poisons, what they do and effects they have. And that is there some type of save for them? I mean, like, like, is there a process for this? There, or is, there it... is a con. There's a, a con okay. roll. Okay. That's... Uh, poisons. Uh, those who succeed in rolling equal to or above one fifth of their cons suffer a lesser effect. Okay. But usually poisons, they just work. No one's immune to Iocane powder. Shut up. All right. Poisons just work. If you have, if you're really lucky, as in roll one fifth of your con attribute, get an extreme success. Then they're at half effectancy, half potency, half damage. But anything less than that, they just work. They just work. And that is it. Now, here, there's a whole chapter on chases. Foot chases, car chases, boat chases, plane chases, train chases. I said he should do it. And I'm not going to. Because it's ridiculous to make a whole day just about chasing somebody else. There's rules for it gaining losing whatever don't care okay get the book read it if you want to know but what do we the have top for... of the screen up at the top of the screen there where it says deep dives and read throughs i'm gonna take a red marker i'm gonna cross through, <laughs> no, read through and i'll put it. partial read through stop right. um there's two and one of them i'm gonna answer right away i'm gonna do that one okay. second because i have i have the i have the accoutrements here so uh Walter mc is what the f is a d3 well first of all you can have an actual d3 which is a six-sided die that goes one, one two, one, two, two, three, 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 and then just doubles it up again. One, two. Or you can roll a d6, and I know people do it different ways. The way right. I do it is high, low, and it goes one, two, three, four, five, six. Is just another one, two, three. That's how you roll a d3. The way I do it is one and two is one, two and three is two. I'm sorry, uh, one, two, th yeah, one. And yeah, two you're you're one. right. Yeah, well, two. What what one and two is one, three and four is two, yep. five and six is three. Sorry, those are, I, those are the two main ways of of doing it. So that's where, I, yeah. But it, it's it's all doable. And then uh, said this at the beginning, but uh, Shogoth will just be annoyed by gunfire before he swallows the player. Not sure if Shogoth can swallow something though. That that's fair, but you know, it, having a lot of hit points is great. But 
a firearm can eventually whittle you down, especially if you have to close range all the time. If someone's if someone's striking with a rifle, he can be up to 400 yards, uh, well, 220 yards away without taking penalty. How fast is the is the enemy? Is the enemy going to be able to close that distance to get in a melee range before they're dead? Maybe not. Rifles hurt. They hurt a lot. Even if you have a lot of hit points, you can be whittled down to nothing by the time you get to the person firing a rifle, especially if they're if they're from a tower or a top of a wall or something. Then you're just even closer and they're just shooting down onto your face. So do not take guns lightly in this game. Even if you have 50 hit points, you know, you're a monster with 50 hit points and like, oh, I'm the greatest. I'm strong. You can still die. You can still die. Rifles are no joke. I'm not even talking about a minigun. That's crazy. So apparently you can't hit with a minigun in this game. So well, not after the first three or four, (laughs) three or four things, but it's 4,000 rounds. That's a lot of rounds. I mean, you're going to get, get lucky and get a couple of extreme successes at the end. You're going to get lucky. You're going to roll a thousand dice. No, it's a, you, you you take your you take your machine gun skill let's say it's 40 divided by 10 it's 4 that means you're going to have 100 no 1000 volleys of 4 okay now <laughs> do i want to be around for all that rolling no man i'm going to make up some stuff well if it doesn't equal murder of the person i'm rolling my dice <laughs> fair enough fair enough but no no the person's probably going to die but anyway so right, that, that is that is, it. that is it yep that is it for combat and wounds and healing. So next time we are going to get into some real Lovecraftian meat. We are going for magic and grimoires and tomes. If you want to go insane as efficiently as possible, read yourself some grimoires and tomes. That's the way to do it. But I'll explain it all next week. So come back next time. Insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. uh all right well guess what we're done we are because i don't have a topic today i thought this was going to take a little long i mean it was don't get me wrong this was uh mighty an long hour and a half it was it was normal time but uh half hour per whatever about yeah. but uh yeah so uh I, I honestly thought it was going to take a little bit longer than this so uh but i've got nothing and i don't really we don't really do this old segment three. You, do you want to bring some callers in this time? We haven't done that well. We only have 18 no, no. people watching, though. Let's, let's look at some comments. Well, go ahead and bring up whatever you want. I already did. Oh, you mean like uh, yeah, from you, past YouTube comments? I did that on Friday. <laughs> you can do it today. So, uh, let me let me get the comments up. I'll just do that. Here. The old se- there we go. I still have not replaced this image. <laughs> it's the old one from last year. All right, what do we got? I don't know. Uh, so this is uh, okay. So this is about the rifts game. Let's see. Do, 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 do. I'll let my players choose the powers they want. If they comp, so this is similar to you. You know, you uh, you have people. You want the powers to be complementary, yeah, and I, I generally agree with that. But I also I think rolling is important, and I like to try to you know find the reason that the that they work with that chaos. But anyway, 
Uh, let my players choose the powers they want if they complement each other. If it makes sense, everything is fine. I do have to witness all stat rolling, numbers of powers, all dice. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, and all dice rolls in game. Too many good games go to crap because people want to roll nat 20s all day long, right? Yeah, that's fair. Now, uh, as a good compromise, what I would do is uh, if if you if you roll and you have major powers and minor powers, I would say I would make you roll for the major powers. And your minor powers, you can roll or choose ones that are in the same uh, category as your major power. I would allow that. If you're all minor powers, then you know I I'd really have you roll because at that point it's not it's not that big of a deal. So spoiler for next week, apparently extraordinary IQ is a power that's added to the powers one or three book. Well, since uh, looks like I'll be covering those next week, we'll find out for sure. It adds IQ points and skill programs and bonuses. Yes, I mean it's the only way to get above a thirty IQ in in Heroes Unlimited. So I oh, Zombie Tatsu says, "Whoa, Priest of Light are no joke and played him. I did not realize. Never played PFRPG. I don't like them. Like I don't. I don't." think that they're that powerful i mean again oh look i have a seven percent chance to exercise an area you know somebody corrected me because i said seven i was just making a point but uh 20 chance to turn undead even a dumb little skeleton like i i don't like that, that, not, that doesn't seem strong enough to actually have confidence i mean you've got to have confidence but when you know you only have you know a one in five chance of winning how can you be confident that the turning ability is one of the few things that i think D and D did really well. Yeah, D and D did well. They they had it where automatic turn, and then as you get stronger, they just blow up. Yeah, well, it starts with a die roll, then you know, yeah. and was it twenty seventeen fourteen ten seven four if I remember correctly. Um, anyway, yeah, turn turn uh, turn destroy. Yeah. And then as you go up in levels, yeah, skeletons don't matter anymore. You're going to obliterate them, but you know, but the higher ones, obviously, you can't turn. You can't turn a specter at level one. No, it's impossible. But you are definitely yeah. not strong enough to do that. And then the healing, the healing is interesting though, because it's 2d4 and the only thing you're limited by is you have to do it every other round. It doesn't have a number. So every 30 seconds, oh, oh, oh. So I can just keep slapping you. So. All right. Neat Star Wars. Okay. That's for the giveaway. Is it here? I'll just, I read it. There you go. I read it. Um. I find it hard to believe Max ever owned a copy of Dungeon. Oh, that's part of, again, the giveaway. I actually did a video on Dungeon World, like a 10-minute introduction of Dungeon World. Finally, some of Max's crap I actually want. It's probably because of the Star Wars stuff. Amy with ADHD. Uh, I'm not going to read that now. That's uh, a very old video. That was actually from when I was on with uh, Gaming with ADHD. It was his show. Okay. Uh, here we go. Got some mechanoid stuff for you. Sort of wish that Palladium would create a conversion source book that tied the Mechanoids, Nightbane, Beyond the Supernatural, Ninja Super Spies, Dead Rain, and Recon into a pre-Rifts multiverse that only deals SDC no mega damage. Uh, no mega damage creatures only has rare occasions where ley lines and transdimensional devices temporarily appear. Because you're you going to have a better response to that. Let, let, except for Recon, you can do that. Well, I mean, with, with, with all of the all the second edition stuff works pretty well together. You know, if, if you actually have Nightbane and not the, what it was called before, Night... Nightspawn? Nightspawn. Nightspawn would be, you know, first edition and Nightbane would be considered second edition. Everything else here, Beyond the Supernatural, as long as you get the revised or second edition, Ninja Super Spies, Dead Rain, all of this, all of this has a second edition type deal 
for Palladium that gives them SDC and and makes them easily convertible to MDC worlds and vice versa. So yeah, the, you don't need a conversion source book. You have you can use the regular Rifts conversion book to to take stuff down from MDC to SDC or bring stuff up from SDC to MDC. That's the that's already there. You just want it, we want it to be super easier, but there's no money in that in printing that book. Not enough people are going to buy it. Well, so I, I, this is why I wanted to go first because I knew you'd have a more thorough answer. My um, my thing is that well, that doesn't actually fit all those settings though. He wants to lay it's like only uh, only has uh, where is it? Uh, no mega damage creatures and only has rare occasions where ley lines and transdimensional devices temporarily appear. That's that's something you're trying to homebrew. I mean, dead uh, dead rain. Definitely recon, but Dead Rain, Ninjas and Super Spies, Beyond the Supernet. Well, that one might. Uh, they don't have the, they don't have that stuff. So, I mean, you could put it in, and yeah. you, you know what ley lines do. Yeah. You know, ley lines uh, double the range and damage of magical and psionic abilities. Leyline Nexus, or I'm sorry, add fifty percent, and Leyline Nexus is double. You know that. And you, you, uh, a lot of uh, magical characters regenerate PPE and ISP faster on a leyline or a nexus. You know that too. And it's it, the rates are listed. You just port those over, and you're fine. All right. I was again. I was reading comments on Friday, so I got some comments to my comments. Uh, uh, thought per and I already responded to some of these. Um, so thought Perry while automatic uh, with the fighting shell could only be used against three attacks in a turn. Well, it depends on that what book you read. True. No, it depends on what book you read. It is in a book. Which one? I think it's in Palladium Fantasy. I have to look it up again. But I, I definitely read the black and white in that one, but it's only in one book. Uh, you go to the flip side after the bomb literally says the words an unlimited number of times. Yeah. You know, so there it depends on what book you read. And, and I think part of that makes sense, though. You know, people in Palladium Fantasy aren't mutant animals with powers and they're not superheroes. So... You know, there, there could be a little bit more limitation. there. But technically, by rules as written, every other every other Palladium game is, you know, Dragon Ball Z level blocking ability. You can block everything yeah. as long as you can see it. And react to it, you can you can parry it. And, and I think the people that are trying to limit the parries. I mean, to some point, it doesn't make sense. Like the example I gave is if I have four attacks per round. And there are three heathen dogs in front of me, each one with seven attacks per round. I can parry 21 times, even though I only have four attacks per round. By the rules, yes. Yes, I yeah. can. That might be a bit excessive. But yeah. the folks that only want parries equal to the number of attacks, four per round, I think they, they, over, they overstate the power of parry. I mean, you still have to make a roll. Yeah, it doesn't cost an action. You still have to make a roll. And then there are always people with guns or bows or... Sl uh, yeah. slings or or whatever else and you can't parry that stuff so unless you have a shield you, you can you well can that's a block not a parry somebody got really irate in correcting me on that it's okay. actually it's a different uh it's a different rule and, and when i do my next video the the shield thing will come up but uh oh, i don't know i don't like the damage instead of you right what's that the yeah shield will take damage instead of you yeah yeah. Um, I, I don't like, uh, ultimately, I don't like the idea of limiting the number of parries a character can have because there's just too many ways around it, you know, but that's, uh, and to be fair, uh, Bear, for our Palladium game, just uh, announced some house rules, and one of the things he's doing is he's limiting the number of parries down to the attacks you have per round, and then he limited the attacks per round to first edition. 
like like i i'll be honest with you i don't like that at all i think that's an overreaction to it but you know it's his game and we'll see how it plays out so uh, so here we go. This is a start going way back now to the old Legion Myth weekly live stream. Uh, this is a, your Star Wars, your Star Trek adventures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How much you loved that. Uh, I like the style of game, but boy, does it have some failings in the mechanics department. Yeah, it works for Conan. It works for Mutant Chronicles. It does not work for Star Trek. Don't care what anybody says. Does and not work. Is, and the 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 book is also laid out very poorly. Apparently they updated. Apparently there's a new version of the book and it uh, people like it now. Oh, good. It was it was laid out very poorly. Yeah. And it was very ambiguous. Like it didn't didn't say these are the rules. It spoke to you like. <laughs> yeah. uh, recently bought Captain's Log, which quite frankly was a hot mess. It was more of a narrative journaling exercise uh, more than a game. I and mean, that's what you were saying. That's what, yeah, I had that yeah. prompt too in the in the main main book role playing game. Yep. It was it was trying to give you definitive rules, but in a narrative conversation style writing, which doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I need I need it to be succinct. I need it to be to the point. I need it to be facts only when you're talking about rules. If yeah. you, if you if you start talking to you like 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 you're writing a, a novel and and we're, we're we're sitting in a library somewhere and we're just having a conversation about rules, it's 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 not going to be as effective. Game manuals outside the actual lore elements of it need to be written like technical manuals yes they need to be and, facts only yep. and the, to, to, to make sure that everything is understood properly the the best representation of this even though i don't own the game and i won't own the game but the best representation of this by all accounts of anybody i talk to is OSE old school essentials that is your technical manual for playing old school style dnd uh so People should follow that. And I know even Palladium likes to say, you know, we march to a beat of our own drum and so forth. But that's why people keep complaining about how, how they are. Now, we'll see what Sean does with uh, with uh, TMNT, right? And how that can go forward, because uh, we're definitely noticing some benefits and, and some uptick in uh, in the quality of, of the layout. But at the same time, the rules portion should be dry. Uh, somebody said, you just want dry stereo instructions. Yes. yes. For the rules. Yeah, man. I want it to be cut and dry. Because what you don't want in your rules is ambiguity. Yep. You don't want that. The drier, the better. The more narrative flair you put in into explaining your rules, the more chances it's it's going to be misinterpreted. It's not a work of art. Save right. that for the beautiful pictures. And and the lore and the setting. And, and the so lore on. and the setting. You can do all that with, with your, your beautiful narrative style. Mark Twain that shit. I don't care. <laughs> But for the rules themselves, it should be fucking robotic nonsense. Just, just like yep. just like Coco Shuko saying, I agree, but maybe we just robots. We got to be robots, man. Clear, concise, robotic. consistent, and accurate. Yes. Uh, and I don't know who Brian Lumley is. Died. I don't know who Brian Lumley is. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I know, but uh, you know, I just you don't recognize the name. But, um, okay, but anyway, he goes down here. He says, uh, you see by Cap... Okay, uh, so... Um, I bought STA uh, as Captain's Log basically said, if you want the rules by STA, the thing is, is Eden Dog had that same problem with STA. Uh, I like the book, the mechanic. Uh, I like the book. The mechanics are better than far reduced mechanics and Captain's Log. Well, I don't know anything about Captain's Log, but combat seems to be needlessly, needlessly long winded. Um, that's just remnants of the 2D20 system. I like the 2D20 system on a basic level. I don't I think don't... it scales up to space. 
Yeah, I just don't think, but I don't, when I picture, Conan's a perfect example. You've got momentum and attacks are going and you're being fast and furious and you just got this, this whirlwind of activity around you, right? Have you ever seen that in Star Trek? No. It's phaser fire yeah. and it's ships pondering through space. You know, yeah. I don't, it just doesn't, you know. Oh, God, he's got more. Uh, looks like you're not alone in your feedback with the rules. Most players seem to get frustrated with how needlessly long-winded poorly set out. The- Is this the one that you quit? Yeah, that's the I one can't... I quit. I, uh, when I got the oh, space combat, yeah. I saw how jacked space combat was. I was like, no, nah, I quit. That's dumb. <laughs> and it was like two years later when you finally finished it up when you brought uh, Duncan Idaho back on to talk yeah. about it. All right, um, new rule for simultaneous attack. Simultaneous attacker adds damage. Ta- Again, I talked about all this on Friday. Um, the, the simultaneous attacker adds the damage taken to the difficulty of the simultaneous attack. Ends up working like a spellcaster's concentration check uh, to not lose a spell they're casting. Let me tell you the weakness of that and tell me if you agree or not, and then if you like this overall. The problem with that is this is supposed to be simultaneous. I haven't technically taken the damage yet. Yeah, you haven't taken the damage yet. That's That's the problem. Now, hang on. I would, I would get behind some kind of uh, uh, psychological element causing you to flinch, like a faint. Well, no. Th- think about it. You are you are both you're both striking each other at the same time. You know you can't block it. You know if you continue with your strike, you're going to get struck in the face. Do you have the mental strength to keep going at full power? That role I could understand because it will hinder you before your attacks strike. I, I was thinking about this over the weekend after, after after Friday, and I was really thinking that Palladium could solve the, the entire simultaneous attack issue with a faint maneuver. Now, how would that be done? I don't know off the top of my head. But I go in this, you go for your simultaneous attack. Well, now I can parry and pop, you know, or or whatever. It just turns it into another type of attack. Yeah. Somehow it suckers the person. Now it doesn't guarantee the suckering. So it doesn't guarantee. So would that be a skill roll then? Would that be like, I don't want to all of a sudden start integrating skill rolls with combat action rolls. Yeah, that, that, it gets weird at that point. Yeah, it, right. So. But, but if they could implement... Sean, if you're listening, um, if they could implement some sort of feint, to me, that that ends all issues with simultaneous attack. Because I can do that feint, you come in for your simultaneous attack because you don't know it's a feint, and now I can parry, dodge, and do whatever I'm supposed to do. Basically turn the tables on you, so to speak, and you and have a defensive maneuver because I wasn't actually attacking you. Mm. But how I would you do that? that? I don't know off the top of my head. I can see that. But, no, 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 uh, no. Hang on. I got it. I got it. Uh, uh a feint uses one action or I'm sorry, one attack and a, against, against an attack or especially a regular attack or a simultaneous attack, a feint allows you to defend yourself normally as if the attack was not considered simultaneous. So Perry would still not take an action. Dodge would take a second action because yes. you are you are taking the time to the action is a faint is an action. So you have a second action. Yeah, so and if and if roll with punch action. fall takes an action, why wouldn't a faint? Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know what people do if it didn't cost an action? Faint every every single time. Oh, every time. single time. You'd yeah. be fainting all day. Yeah, yeah so you're right. Oh, you're... oh. <laughs> not, not like that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> no, you're oh right. my stars. <laughs> 
All right. Um, great game, guys. Everyone is off. This is for the actual play. Seriously, folks, if you have not, if you're, if you watch actual plays but are on the fence about any of them being good or not, watch the actual play. You can watch the one on my channel, the one on GM Cody's channel, the one on Bear's channel, whatever. I don't care which one you watch. Uh, one on Malachi's channel. Watch them. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. If you watch mine, it's time stamped right to the beginning. I think one of the other ones is as well, because the first 30 minutes is actually finishing up character creation because we're starting a little late. But uh, no, it was absolutely a fantastic session. Anybody who poo-poos the session doesn't actually know what it means to play a role-playing game. That is just straight up. Definitive. No, it is because uh, the Game Master is fantastic, gave us enough direction without you know being controlling um provided the scenes well enough handled the npcs well enough but we still played our characters and yeah my character doesn't come in until about an hour in but that's because it's a session session zero and he was setting everything up and it's okay that it takes time to do that i was not bored i was sitting there patiently i knew my time was going to come and it did and we had lots and lots and lots of fun it's absolutely literal best online play I've ever been part of. I know a lot of people Ooh. like to shout out the games that we were in with RPG is dumb, but this of online play, this would actually convert me to saying, okay, you know, maybe online play isn't so bad. So check it out. Well, it also helps that the, the RPG is done uh, is dumb games were also good. Yes, they were. They're absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So that, that only, that only solidifies your, your uh, growing evidence that uh, online play can be fun we'll do one more and then i think we'll call it yep. um on page oh yeah uh, yeah and so the table zero and i had a back and forth on this and I, and i already responded to him saying i don't have a big issue with that so actually no for our discussion i'll put it in here so it says uh under melee action it says instead of attacking a character can elect to do something else now this is one of those instances where the rule is buried and it was buried under a header that i didn't care to read because i was oh, I, only I was here for this what was were you, were you here for this one yeah, I, okay. I commented. Oh, did you? Yeah, Max. No, no, no. I commented on on the stream. Oh, okay. This is done two days ago. How did you do that? I I don't know, man. I we, you you were on you were on Friday. And, oh, oh, uh, and you, you commented on the I Friday one. Oh, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. There. No, yeah. no, I I got that, but I I thought you meant like officially comment. Well, we'll no, we'll no, finish up with this chat. one. Um, so, but it was but it was buried in a in a dumb area. And I wasn't looking for action. This was somebody else made a comment. Actually, I did not because of this. I didn't get to answer another question. Somebody, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I just used the word action. I just used the word action." You, I don't want to say you can't do that. You can do that. But you, I hope you understand that in Palladium, action and attack actually mean different things. Now, for the most part, ninety percent of the time, like, no, it doesn't. Actually, it does. Most notably for people who don't have hand-to-hand -hand skills, I get that. But an action is not an attack. And you are actually limited in the number of actions you can do per round differently than the number of attacks. But that is very semantic. And so this is why I don't like the word attack necessarily either. But at the same time, the, because of how it fits within the game's construct, attack is an attack. One attack is two actions. Well, two actions equals one attack, yeah. Generally speaking. Any any final words you want to say for the public no, audience instead of the I mean, private no, audience? It says you run to a different position, hide, climb a tree, whatever. It's it, it's something that that takes a significant time, and it it uh, it may or may not succeed. 
That's the bare minimum of what I would say is is a melee action. Now, so the re he, the reason he capitalized that portion was because we were having the whole discussion about movement, movement. Rate. Yeah, yeah. Run to a different position. Running is your is your uh, what speed times something times three times five something uh, like that. Five five, five per melee round. Yeah. So if you're on a full dead ass run, sure take takes takes your action. But what if you're not? What if you're walking? What if you're jogging? You're you're not you're not running. So then can you split your movement? Can you, can you, do you have to wait until the end of the movement to attack or can you only attack then move? And that's what I ended up just uh, mentioning as well. But, but to be fair to his point, he was only pointing out this one part. And, but what I, what I responded back with, well, that leads to those other questions as well. So it's mm -hmm. still not fully clear. If we're only hung up on this one thing, does it take an action of move and how far can you move? It's just a, to a different position. Doesn't say how far. Yeah, and like you said, Anyway, that that's quibbling, and I want to go back and and say, folks, don't need to quibble on this. The game master is just as clear about how he runs the game as you know, Heathen Dog and I run it differently. This rule states it differently. Uh, there are people, I think Nerdy Ogre uses the whole riffs movement thing, which I personally I think is nonsense. I I don't like that one at all. It's actually my least favorite out of all of them. But they're all different ways that you can run. As long as people are clear and you do the same thing for the player characters as you do for the NPCs. Have at it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So I don't want to talk about him. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Go uh, go. You know, it's funny as I think I have. Do I have one? Yeah, I do. I have a. I have a segment three brand. Didn't even put it up. We haven't been doing it this year, but that's fine. Um, any anything else? I think. Uh, I think we're done. I've got some videos to go through. We're done a little early to actually. This is kind of between now and four. Well, my time, the central time, four o'clock. So between three thirty and four o'clock central time, four thirty five o'clock eastern time is about when I really want to end these things. And we hit. We hit. Uh oh. Set. Uh, how far you run can be split up. One big move, two moves per melee round, etc. Can even change during the same session. Palladium is pretty loose. Yeah, yeah, no. That, Te that, technically, it's it's divided by the number of actions you have, but that is inherently bad because, as as Max said earlier, the person with two with yeah. uh, with two actions per round is technically going to be faster at the beginning of the round. At the be no, no. <laughs> Hang on than person with eight actions per round, even if their speed is slower. Here's the thing. If, if uh, one, one person moves 100 yards in a round, right? The other person can move 110 yards in a round. Okay? But the first person who's slower has two actions per round. The other person has eight. That person's going to get to 100 before the person who's technically faster just yeah. because they go through their all their actions in the in the initiative order so if it's a race technically the slower guy will get to the 100 yard mark first how you explain that you can't you have to you have to fudge some stuff you have to try something different now, with with all that said, a good game master would say, "Okay, no, you're slower. You're not going to get yeah, there. You know, good whatever." Game master will change it up. Yeah. Will say, "No, obviously this guy is faster, so he's going to beat it there." But it's not what the rule says. Well, yeah, you know, I I, I won't and tell you, man. Shut up. Only he would have to worry about that because that's the riffs ruling, not the heroes on the mid or on whatever. I, I, 
I get it. it. It all makes sense. But what weird weird guy's point is, and I think this is the point I was trying to make and the point you're trying to make as well, is Palladium is a framework. It is flexible. It is meant to be twisted and turned to what fits your style without worrying about every little nuance out there. It's a cinematic game. It's a framework. It is not an encyclopedia or as I was talking with GM's Elkov yesterday, uh, he's talking about Pathfinder. T- Pathfinder is a tactical role-playing game. I thought that was a great term for it. Um, the, Palladium is not a tactical role-playing it's game. A it's cinematic. a cinematic role-playing it's a cinematic, game. It's a cinematic role-playing game, which means that the, the game master has to push everything through the lens of excitement, yeah. improbability, and, you know, as many dastardly chases and escapes as you can and to, to make it feel exciting. That's what you're supposed to go for. The feeling of excitement, danger, drama. Whereas in a tactical game, you can't have that. You must have perfect following of the rules, perfect uh, uh, order in everything for the whole thing to work, or it's just going to break. Yeah, you got that butterfly or domino effect, however you want to think about it, where it's like, you know, you flap the wings here, those ripples go out, and all of a sudden that's, they're falling all over the place. Like, oh, I didn't realize that that would happen if I changed this rule. Well, <laughs> now you have to live with it. So in Palladium, you still, I don't want to say you make it up. That sounds like there's no game there, but you, but there's, you, there's enough gray area to yes. where you can, you can be right, even if you're doing it differently. Yep, exactly, exactly. So cool. I think that's uh, that's good. I'm gonna put the little splash screen up here. We can oh, do man, our words of that wisdom. Was, that was words of wisdom right there. I mean, I that just was I didn't even mean to. Look at that. Yeah, but I didn't have the thank you thing up, so oh, now you have okay. to come up with more words of wisdom. <laughs> All right, more wisdom. Okay, well, uh, if if you're worried about a uh, rule system, especially in Palladium, but in any role playing game that actually touts itself as a cinematic experience. Just like Call of Cthulhu has done. Call Call of Cthulhu gave us today the idea that the length of a round is elastic. The Mm -hmm. keeper decides how long a round is depending on what's going on and what's more exciting. In a game like that, there's a lot of gray area, which means you can make a ruling that is different from someone else's ruling, but still within the framework of the rules. As long as you know that, as long as it's applied to everyone equally, it's also correct. 